This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. Good morning on this Monday, January 30th. You're listening to WMBF. A popular family-owned retail shop on the north side of Endicott won't be selling bread or pizza dough as usual. The operators of Battaglini Bakery say the business will continue to supply items to area grocery stores, but their small walk-up shop at 111 Oak Hill Avenue will be closed for the foreseeable future. Anthony Battaglini said the store had recently been open for limited hours. It's been operating five days a week for three hours a day. Battaglini says it's been difficult to find enough people to work at the shop. He said the plan is to realign operations and do some renovations. He told WMBF News there's no timeline for when the store will reopen. Battaglini noted this isn't the first time the shop has been closed. He said it didn't operate for several years between 1974 and 1993. A steady stream of customers visited the store Thursday afternoon to purchase Italian and French bread, as well as pizza dough. While they'll miss stopping by the neighborhood shop, they said they were pleased that Battaglini products would continue to be available in local supermarkets. The heavy equipment has been hauled away from what had been the once-beautiful IBM Country Club complex east of Endicott. Workers with Gorick Construction of Binghamton were on the site for nearly three months to remove the buildings, swimming pools, and banquet facilities along Watson Boulevard in the town of Union. Project Superintendent John Kerry told WMBF News on Friday that the demolition equipment was taken away from the property a few days ago. He said seeding and mulching at the site will be done when weather permits. The country club was one of the perks for employees at IBM locations in Endicott, Owego, Glendale, and Vestal for much of the 20th century. Although the property once was regarded as one of the region's popular for recreational events and special celebrations, it fell into disrepair due to flooding in June 2006. Bill Walsh, a former owner, the following year predicted much of the main structure of what had been renamed the Heritage Country Club would have to be demolished. Paul Darpino acquired the property from Broome County for $260,000 in 2009, but he was unable to redevelop the site. The county's local development corporation bought the property for $300,000 last February. Broome County officials had announced up to $2 million in funds from the Federal American Rescue Plan would be made available to help cover the cost of tearing down the complex. A year ago, LaChase Construction and Conifer Realty unveiled a plan to build a 75-unit apartment project on the site. Groundbreaking is expected in the spring. Despite the fact that vaccination mandates are being overturned and New York is in the midst of a major health care worker shortage, New York State Governor Kathy Hochul is standing firm on her stance about vaccinations and employment in the health care industry. On Tuesday, January 24th, Governor Hochul was in Rochester to talk about a lead paint program when she took unrelated questions. When the subject of rehiring health care workers who lost their jobs for not being vaccinated was brought up, she said that rehiring health care workers who were relieved of their jobs over a refusal to receive a COVID-19 vaccination was not the right answer. Hochul then said that anyone who seeks health care or goes into a nursing home should not have to worry about whether or not they'll contract COVID-19 and should know, quote, We have taken all steps to protect the public health, and that includes making sure those who come in contact with them at their time of most vulnerability when they are sick or elderly will not pass on the virus. In October of 2022, a New York Supreme Court judge ruled that about 1,700 New York City employees who were fired for not being vaccinated be reinstated and with back pay. On January 13th of this month, another New York Supreme Court judge struck down a mandate that required all health care workers in New York to be vaccinated, saying the governor and New York State Department of Health had overreached its authority. 
The New York State Department of Health sent a statement to Becker's Hospital Review following the ruling this month regarding health care workers being mandated to be vaccinated, saying the state health department strongly disagrees with the judge's decision and is exploring all options. In light of the ruling in October and the ruling in early January, many believe that Governor Hochul should rehire those who were let go from the healthcare field following their refusal to be vaccinated near the start of the pandemic. Marcus Fuller, age 38, of the town of DeWitt, New York, pleaded guilty last week to transmitting an interstate threat to injure another person. As part of his guilty plea, Fuller admitted that in April 2022, he sent dozens of communications via Instagram directed to a musical performing artist using multiple different accounts that he had created for that purpose. The communications contained threats to harm the victim up to and including death. Fuller further admitted that in one of those Instagram communications, he sent the victim a photograph of a firearm and ammunition. Fuller admitted that he possessed an identical firearm, a Ruger .338 caliber bolt-action rifle, at his residence in DeWitt, along with four boxes of ammunition. At sentencing, Fuller faces up to five years in prison, a maximum fine of $250,000, and a term of post-imprisonment supervised release of up to three years. A judge has ruled that New York State should pay former Governor Andrew Cuomo's legal bills as he defends himself against a lawsuit accusing him of sexually harassing a state trooper. Cuomo filed a lawsuit against Attorney General Letitia James in August, arguing that she violated state law by denying him public assistance for his defense. Cuomo said the trooper's allegations stem from a time when he was acting within the scope of his employment or duties. A judge in New York City said Friday that it's for a judge or jury to determine if Cuomo sexually harassed the state trooper and that his state-funded defense can't be denied. U.S. Representative George Santos's campaign committee is facing new questions from federal regulators after submitting paperwork listing a new treasurer who says he never took the job. The Federal Election Commission sent a letter Thursday to the DeVolder Santos for Congress campaign seeking clarity on the switch. It's the latest scrutiny for the congressman who has been caught fabricating many elements of his life story. The letter said the first-year Republicans campaign may have failed to include the true, correct, or complete treasurer information on paperwork Wednesday, listing Thomas Datweiler as its new treasurer and custodian of records. A message seeking comment was left with a campaign lawyer. The Memphis police chief has disbanded the city's so-called Scorpion unit after some of its officers beat black motorist Tyree Nichols to death. The chief on Saturday cited a cloud of dishonor from newly released video of the fatal encounter. Police director Sarilyn C.J. Davis acted a day after the harrowing video emerged. She said she listened to Nichols' relatives, community leaders, and uninvolved officers in making the decision. The nation and the city are struggling to come with grips with the violence by the officers who are also black. The video renewed doubts about why fatal encounters with law enforcement keep happening, despite repeated calls for change. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Today, a slight chance of snow showers before 10 a.m., then a chance of rain and snow showers between 10 a.m. and 1 p.m., then a chance of rain showers after 1 p.m. Cloudy with a high near 41 degrees, chance of rain 50%. Tonight, chance of rain and snow showers before 8 p.m., then a chance of snow showers between 8 p.m. and 4 a.m. Mostly cloudy with a low near 20 degrees, 50% chance of rain. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy with a high near 27. Tomorrow night, slight chance of snow showers after 1 a.m. Mostly cloudy with a low near 16 degrees, 20% chance of snow. And Wednesday, mostly sunny with a high near 28. Wednesday night, partly cloudy, a low near 19 degrees. You're listening to WMBF, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. Hi, folks. News Radio. 
9-10 on WMBF. If you're expecting Bob Joseph, Bob Joseph is not here today. James Kelly filling in for Bob Joseph on Binghamton Now. And we already have our first call of the day. A little early. We're starting the show a little earlier than normal today. But Elaine from Enwell, how you doing? I'm good. How are you today? Oh, I'm good. A lot of work today on my plate. All of a sudden, I'm going to be sitting in the dark dungeon of the WMBF studio for like eight hours in a row. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Huh. I, I'm i good, but my head wants to explode after the newscast that you just put up. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. It's it's Badalini. I know that now. No, it's not. Is it- it's The first part is... New York wants to pay for Cuomo's defense ah, or yes. legal. Well, who does that mean? Ooh, I'll put my hand up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, that's taxes. yeah, that's that's going to be uh, our tax money. And, you know, after I don't I don't love he, that. <laughs> after he got five million for his book. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't love that at all. Okay, because it, you right. know when you look back at the accusations, like those are serious accusations. I don't want taxpayer money going to defending those yeah. accusations. Yeah. Number two, uh, Governor Hochul and her vaccine mandate. Yeah, I know a lot of people don't don't agree with the vaccine mandate. I don't know if you have gone to the ER lately. Not not since last year. um, It is amazingly awful. <laughs> yeah, no, I had I had a horrible experience. My husband was in there. He was in there eighteen hours until they could get somebody to clean a bed to so he could go into a room. Oh, that is that is a long wait. Yeah, I had a, yeah. a similar experience actually right before I started here because uh, it was I think maybe two weeks or a week before I was coming here for like my last interview. Uh, I sprained my ankle pretty bad playing softball, and I remember sitting in the hospital for like four or five hours and all i really needed was an x-ray but i was there for just so long and then trying to deal with everything that came after that it was a nightmare but the problem didn't stop there he caught covid and i caught covid in the hospital me visiting him and or else he brought it home with him because the next week i had to put him back in the hospital because we had covid yeah, it's not it's not and good these are and that's back, the vaccinated people. Okay? Yeah, they and that's got, that's the whole point. And you can still catch it from these people. So why can't the other people have their jobs back and we can get back to real health care for people who are suffering heart attacks and strokes and all that stuff instead of letting them sit there for 18 hours? Yeah, I know. Some, something has to change, and I, I know yeah, a lot of people like were unhappy sense, with it. Common sense floated away with the aliens or something. I don't know. Anyway, and the, thir- and the third thing that I just thought of now is that guy that lied on his resume, the senator. The George senator. Santos. The, he, ironically, he actually represents my hometown, which is, is oh, crazy. Really? So yeah. I, I have, you know, a whole separate issue with what he's done and and everyone should that he he straight up lied it wasn't you know exaggerating like yes i'm i'm proficient in microsoft excel on my job application even though that's nobody's ever really proficient in excel but this was just straight up lies somebody ran for president with all those lies elizabeth warren she got all kinds of benefits from claiming to be 
Native American all through college and everything. They don't say a word about that. Yeah, but it didn't work out for her in the end anyway. I guess people people might have seen that and said, you know what, like I don't really want to vote for Elizabeth Warren. And you can say why or why not she ended up being the Democratic nominee. Now, you can have that conversation all day. But it, it certainly didn't help her chances that that came out, that she was claiming to be Native yeah. American when she but they really isn't that Native about American. It. No, oh, but, okay. but she lost. Ending, so. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks for the you, call. You have a good day. You too. Yeah, George Santos, that is a whole, whole issue for me. Because he, he represents my home district. And again, it's not like he exaggerated on his resume. He just straight up lied about everything. Another call coming in. WMBF, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Yeah, Yes, sir. Good morning. Uh, Dave from Vestal. Dave from Vestal. How you doing? I'm not doing bad. How about you? I'm pretty good. I haven't heard from you in a while. I haven't been back there screening calls for Bob. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Usually he'd answer them by himself. But, hey, um, yeah, I'd like to quickly cover uh, two topics. Um, And I'll do it quickly. Um, First, the the tragic death of that young man in Memphis, just, just... Terrible! It's so senseless. I mean, absolutely, it, 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 it is. But you know what? What is equally terrible and senseless to me is Joe Biden standing before America and stating this happens to black and brown people every day. Another one of his big lies. Take a look at the stats. More white people are killed by cops every year. I am so sick of the left fanning the flames of racism, and they do it solely for a political advantage. They are very sick people. They, they try to portray themselves with big hearts when, in fact, they are ruthless and heartless. And secondly, don't you think enough is enough at the southern border? How many bad people with bad intentions against our country have gotten through? Oh, only time will tell. And Biden and the left should be absolutely ashamed of themselves. They took a Trump border policy and totally dismantled it. Can you name, name me anything good that has become of it and what they've done? Nothing. He verbally invited illegal immigrants to roam free in our country. Look what's happening with cartels. Human smuggling, sex trafficking, not to mention how many lives have been lost due to fentanyl and other drugs being smuggled. Biden and the Democrats do not care about us. They care about votes and power. They are very sick people, and I'm tired of it. Uh, you've basically just yeah, you've basically just unpacked like two of the biggest issues that have faced the country in the last you know week or so, two months or so. Uh, you know, depending on the issue, but yeah, that the Tyree Nichols. I don't know if you saw the video. Um, oh yeah, I did. I did. I did. Sickening. Very, yeah. very bad. If very if you bad. haven't seen the video yet, if anyone listening hasn't seen the video, don't don't watch it. It is just it's, it's so terrible. disheartening. Terrible. Or there's a yeah. there's a point in the video where you can see Nichols is is clearly unable to even really walk, but they're just yeah, holding it, him up and and throwing haymakers at him. There's really there's no excuse for it. 
What, what were they thinking? I mean, come on. I mean, that, that, it, it, unbelievable. I could not believe what I saw. I had to watch it again. I didn't want to, but I had to. Be. I just, just, I was in such shock that they, somebody would, a group of officers would do that to anybody. I don't care what color you are, just to do that to anybody. They got to pay, and they got to pay big time. Absolutely. And, you know, part of it is that that unit that they were a part of, the Scorpion unit, was, you know, the elite cop unit. So that, there's really no reason that, like, that unit should have been pr- interacting with Tyree Nichols at the time because it was a traffic stop, was it not? What are what are right. they doing making a traffic stop? Uh, if yeah. this is the elite of the elite cops, like, this is your big, you know, when we have a, a drug house that needs raiding, these are the guys that are going in. Yeah, you know, and I read the story. So it's so sad. He was a good kid. He was, uh, uh, his mother praised. I mean, he, he wasn't, he, he was was never in trouble uh, doing photography, and uh, he was happy. And uh, they just ruined his life, took it away, ruined a lot of people's lives. Just, just so sad. Yeah, no, that was it. Was it was a disheartening video, and you know, understandably, protests around the country remained mostly peaceful for the most part. Yeah. Um, which I, I thought was very positive because even from a, a political standpoint, you know, people will always use things like this to their political advantage. And I hate that. Uh, there's yeah. definitely people who don't actually care yeah. about it, who will use it for something right. else. Right. Um, it, happens, it, it, it happens a lot. And I'm just, I'm getting just so tired of it. And then, you know what? It, that that is something. If you're going to talk racism, that that is solely used for a political advantage on the left. Don't include the right on that because that that's their baby. That that's what they love to do. They constantly do it because they know without the African American vote, there wouldn't be any such thing as a Democrat party. They wouldn't win a they wouldn't win anything ever without that vote. And that's a fact. That's a fact. Yeah. So they they make sure they make sure they keep them. And how do they do it? They play Santa Claus, Robin Hood, Easter Bunny, and they pretend they care about them. And I'm so tired of it. I could go on and on. But, hey, thanks for your time. Have a good day. Yeah, no problem, Dave. Have a good one. Yeah, yeah. you too. Bye-bye. That's Dave. I'll take another call. A lot of phone lines blowing up today. WMBF, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hello? No, might have lost one. WMBF, what's your name? Where are you calling from? This is Matt from Binghamton. Matt from Binghamton. How you doing? I was on the other line, and somehow I got on this line, too. Oh, yeah. It, it switches over occasionally. I must not have hit oh, it okay. fast enough. That's my bad. Oh, that's okay. But uh, anyway, the, the gentleman that was just on, go look at the statistics. Uh, one in every thousand black men in America is faces uh, is, is killed um, by police five times more likely to get killed if you're a black man than a white man go look at the statistics other otherwise um the other thing is on the border joe biden has not dismantled he'd like to but the courts won't allow he would like to dismantle some of what trump did but um virtually the same um programs are in place when trump left because the courts won't let him change certain things um and, and the fact that he's talking about all these bad people coming into the country, if you look at the people who are trying to get in, it's families, it's usually mothers and children, it's, uh, it's not people bringing fentanyl. They would never, the people who bring in fentanyl and illegal things have a much more savvy way of doing it, and they've been doing it for many, many years. It's 
got nothing to do with the border wall. Uh, it's, it's got to do with the trucks coming across and how many personnel you have to search them and all those kinds of things. They, there's not individuals uh, who are carrying a lot of drugs across our border. And most of the people who are coming across our border are from countries where, uh, you know, they, they have to leave because they're, if they don't, their kids are subject to uh, being co-opted by the gangs, um, killed if they don't participate. Those are the kinds of things that people are fleeing. And it's really, uh, there was a gang of eight a while back who, uh, four Republicans, four Democrats, who had meaningful uh, uh, border reform and, and immigration reform. Stephen Miller, uh, the, the guy who was Trump's main speechwriter and, and confidant and who put out all this racist stuff, he has a book written about him at 34 years old called Hate Monger. He's the one that destroyed the whole idea got, when he was working for Jeff Sessions. Uh, there, you talk about a thing that, peop, that is used by, for politics. It is immigration and the border, and it's, it is the Republicans who are using it. We need people who are serious about getting solving our problems, working together, coming up with solutions. And that's why the Republicans won't be successful again it's not about black black people won't vote for them because they do spew a lot of racism these days they used to be the party of uh abraham lincoln they no longer are and the democrats realized that that uh to have a more perfect union they uh gave up a lot of power back in the uh, during the civil rights time because they be because they lost all the dixiecrats so now yes the the african-american population mostly aligns with the democrats because they're the only ones that care about them the otherwise it's a you know a, a game about trying to win the hearts and minds of people who um uh, you know in culture wars and and all these kinds of things that this this guy always spews on the radio when he calls up um I just don't, you know, he's one of my most unfavored callers because he's always wrong on his facts. He's never, he just gives the line that Tucker Carlson and all these people do. And I don't think he's ever tried to do any kind of research that, you know, would prove him wrong. And, and like I said, we started the call about, you know, how many white people get killed percentage wise compared to black people by the police, five to one per capita black men versus white men so that's you know those are the statistics and and you know it's not to say that white people never get killed by police they certainly do but it's i i would like them to go back and break down how many of these people have gotten killed and for what reason look at what uh eric garner for supposedly selling cigarettes uh, George Floyd for a, a twenty dollar, supposedly maybe a twenty dollar counterfeit bill. Uh, the most recent thing in Memphis for a supposed they have an improved traffic infraction. Almost every one of them is for minor things, and they end up killing people. Uh, I'm not so sure that if you looked at uh, the, the deaths in white people, it would be the same. I haven't done that research, but I, my guess is. There's a lot less white people that get killed for minor things than black people as well. So that's my – oh, and one other thing, real quick, and thank you for giving me a lot of time today. Yeah, take all the uh, time you want. I'm just facilitating okay, yes, today. Yes, sir. Um, on Friday, I think one of your the callers 
who was, you know, was reflective. He wasn't putting, a, but he said, I, 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 my guess is that the young man who was, uh, um, you know, was seen on video with the policeman's knee on his neck in Binghamton, uh, three, three, uh, 17, 18 in the morning of, uh, January 1st, after the bars closed on State Street, he he said, I assume that he, uh, you know, was probably didn't have very good character. The fact is, this young man, I've gotten to know him a little bit. He's uh, never, he, he graduated student athlete from Binghamton High School, uh, honor roll student, uh, never been in trouble once in his life. And, um, you know, he's got, he got a job, he's got two beautiful kids. He's got his own house that he bought. He's, you know, he's trying to live the American dream. And actually, I've, I've actually seen clips. I've been scrutinizing a lot of the clips and uh, that have been made, you know, people have made public through phone videos and things like that. And actually have a couple clips of him uh, pleading with people to stop fighting that night. And I think uh, once the whole story comes out, um, and we'll see that uh, this was an instance of uh, two young white men who are clearly just want to keep fighting and fighting and fighting and end up with their shirts off, their shoes off. And the police, for some reason, uh, it's, it's almost an afterthought that they finally arrest them for disorderly conduct. Whereas for whatever reason, and I, I think I know the reason, I'm not going to state it now, but they focused on uh, Amiel Waddell and pretty much brutalized them caused a lot of damage to him and uh here's another you know and so just to the gentleman who thought he was probably a person of bad character um i don't think you can make those assumptions unless you do your research it uh, sounds like a great kid and i didn't realize that uh first part of the story that it wasn't actually him involved in the fighting that he was actually trying to stop the fighting well yeah i mean uh, you know the, the tapes will show what they show but there's, I, like I said, I've seen two clips where he was coaxing people not to fight, and there was there was no doubt chaos that night uh, for a, a few, you know, for a little bit down there. There was several fights going on. Oh, yeah, it's New Year's area. Eve in downtown Binghamton. People are getting a little wild. Right, yeah. right. But the point is, is that uh, for whatever reason, he he was minimally involved in trying to help his friend uh, and immediately for some reason and I, I think i know the reason i think it's because he was upset that the police didn't seem to be uh caring that his friend was getting the hell beat out of him by these two um two guys that the ones that eventually got arrested and he uh you know he went to help his friend and within eight seconds of him going to help his friend he was the focus of uh, the arrest uh the the first arrest and those other guys were arrested much much later in the game uh they were almost like the police were shooing them away saying go home get out of here and then finally somebody you know the people around said those were the people that were fighting everybody that were starting the fights and you can see them coming back at and back and back um throwing it first blush throwing his coat off one of them and squaring right up right near a policeman because it's on a body cam video and my contention is if they had rested that, those two white kids early on, most of this stuff wouldn't have even happened. And so I don't know, you know, I'm not trying to make it out of race thing. I'm just pointing out the facts. 
I don't know what what was the motivation behind the fight was, but it was ter- clearly these the three people that were arrested were the one that got pretty brutal, brutalized by the police, and the other two who, who you know, didn't. And uh, and when all the videos are seen, I think uh, you know it paints a pretty bad picture of um, of how the police reacted that night, or at least some of the police. Yeah, and I think one of the craziest parts of all of this is just living in this day and era that you know people around an arrest are going to start recording. You have body cameras on. There's security cameras everywhere. It shocks me a little how this kind of thing still happens when you know know, how many eyes could possibly be on you at any point. Especially, yeah, I mean, that that is quite quite confounding that especially now that you have – it's called the Eric Garner anti-chokehold statutes that were put in place last year. Um, there, you know, it's a, a misdemeanor to obstruct anybody's airways without causing any physical injury. It's a de-violent felony to cause injury while you're doing it. Uh, obviously, there's a more serious one that, thank God, didn't happen. Um, um, a third level of that when you cause serious physical injury. Physical injury is. Any kind of injury, um, phys- serious physical injury, is uh, something that's more permanent and debilitating. Uh, thank God none of that happened, or even worse. Uh, but I, you know, I've seen enough tape where this young man was, you know, feared for his life that night. Uh, just imagine being a young black man and under the knee of a police officer, uh, and with everything that's gone on in this country, especially after George Floyd. And, and what are you thinking about when that's happening to you? Well, we heard what he was thinking about. He thought he was going to die. He couldn't breathe, and uh, he was, you know, traumatized by the by the experience, as far as I could see. Yeah. So I just hope that um, you know the the right outcome happens because of this. Now this uh, attorney general is looking into it, uh, but uh, you know, let's just say if I was mayor right now, things would be very different uh, in this case because I would have taken. Uh, actions, many actions already, and I hope that uh, the current mayor does the same because there's no excuse for what this officer did, as far as I can see. And uh, I've seen a lot of the, you know, I've been studying this stuff. I, you know, as a public defender for 15 years, and I, one of the things you do when you have a case that's got a lot of film, you look at every square inch of it, and that includes interviews at the when he was at the hospital, all sorts of things. So. You know, you just got to – it's a pretty clear case to me. And the fact that the police are keep continue to ask for other views of it, oh, please send us more tape, indicates to me that the tape they have isn't very uh, promising in their favor. So, um, you know, and I, I think, um, you know, it's just uh, – I just think that, you know, if you haven't trained your officers properly after the Eric Garner anti-chokehold um, stuff goes into effect, has gone into effect, then you're uh, not only putting your officers at risk, but you're putting the whole city of Binghamton at risk because city of Binghamton is self-insured, and if you know it only takes uh, one big civil judgment to uh, to you know really hurt the, the city taxpayers and the city budget. So. Um, I, you know, it's just, I just hope that, uh, and it's a, it's a turning point for Binghamton because Binghamton, people on all across the country, people aren't going to take this anymore. And if, if, the, 
if the administration wants to make sure makes the make sure that the, all the people in Binghamton feel safe and protected and and fairly treated, then they're going to do uh, the necessary tough make the necessary tough decisions to uh, make this right for our community. Absolutely. Well, Matt, thanks for calling in. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Have a good one. Well, it's Matt from Binghamton. It's nine thirty-three. You're listening to WMBF. Join Mark. Nine thirty-seven on WMBF. We're listening to Binghamton now with James Kelly today. No Bob Joseph, and now we're joined by Jim from Owego. Jim, how's it going? I'm doing good. Thanks for uh, man the man in the microphone today. Yeah, just fair fair warning. I don't know if this is going to be every day this week because it is causing a lot of trouble for me at work. So we'll we'll see if I do it every day. Uh, but for yeah. today, I have no problem hosting Binghamton now and hearing from the Binghamton community, who I never get to hear from anymore. So we got. Uh, yeah, I wanted to share. I, Matt, Matt, Matt. I just don't. I'm glad he's not in office anymore. He just totally bloviates and misrepresents everything. Uh, you look at the statistics. More than two to one numbers of whites versus blacks were killed last year. I think what happened to this gentleman in Memphis was horrific, and I hope the officers pay dearly. But uh, to they always like to try to throw the race card in, but. You know, you look at the Democrats in the major cities, and um, uh, where's all the crime? It's in the major cities where the Democrats have had uh, had control of them. They're so weak on crime with the weak uh, bail laws and all the stuff. They let out the prisoners and don't prosecute. And, uh, you know, go to the major cities and look where, where they're being run, where the where the where who's running the show, and you'll see that the Democrats are— just extremely weak on crime. Um, you look. I have a, a family member who works on Border Patrol. They can tell you firsthand that the conditions between that when Trump and when going now, there's a reason that Mayorkas is going to be uh, probably impeached. Is because they've opened up the the, the the border and to say that if it just ask the Border Patrol agents who they would rather have in and. And let them explain to them, um, you know, why it's just ridiculously out of control. It has nothing to do with uh, the same policies. They basically opened the door, and Mayorkas is going to be um, impeached. And But, yeah, instead of just saying that policies haven't changed, actually ask somebody who's on the front lines uh, the difference in what uh, the policies are. Um, and... Uh, you know, I'm I'm interested now to find out what happens with the Biden crime family now that um, all these things with Hunter Biden are finally going to start being able to be come out, come out, and um, the uh, the FBI and them have been weaponized against um, against against the conservatives, and I just want to see uh, justice being done. And when these facts start coming out, I want to hear Matt try to defend them because, to be honest with you, the left is probably going to see Biden as a uh, uh, an issue, and they're going to be the ones that kind of spearhead trying to move him out of office because they don't want to see um, he's, he's going to take down a lot of people because there's a lot of people that have been on the take uh, on the Democratic Party with with all this Russian stuff. I thought the interesting 
uh, Wall, the Wall Street Journal uh, kind of chided uh, the FBI the other day and said, uh, you know, uh, you talk about all this Russian collusion with Trump. Well, come to find out it's an FBI agent who is colluding with, with Russia. And we're starting to see all this nonsense come to light. And I'm just I'm just ready to see it all be flood out there. And Dave is right on and his talking and Matt is way off. I'll say this about Joe Biden, that at this point, I'm not particularly thrilled with him. I'd like to see somebody else run for the Democratic Party. It's just Joe Biden doesn't do it for me. It's yeah. just it's it's not it's not him. And he's just he's so old. He is so old. I just I kind of want somebody younger in there. And that, you know, doesn't mean that I want to go back to Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis, because I think that's just a lot further to the right than I'm comfortable with. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I just wish I feel like every election season now it's coming down to both parties picking the only person who can't beat the other person's party. And you go back to 2016 when it was Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. I remember sitting there thinking, like, I feel like both of these were the worst choices that we could have had for this election. Yeah. Like, how did how did we yeah. end up with this? And then Joe Biden and Trump again in 2020, obviously. Uh, and you know what he, I, sitting there he, thinking, you know what, I don't I don't think this is what I really wanted out of this. Well, honestly, I'd love to have uh, Biden impeached, but what do you have? Kamala Harris? <laughs> what a laughing stock. She could hardly garner any amongst her own people. Um, but I, I don't see anybody in their bullpen that uh, was worth any voting. Um, I like DeSantis. I like Trump's policies, but he's kind of... Um, a little too toxic for me, but uh, yeah, you you have to move on from Donald Trump at this point, and that's you know if you're if you're a hardcore Donald Trump fan, like you know, good on you. You like what you like, but if you're having an objective view of how are the Republicans going to win the presidency back in 2024, it's just never going to happen with Donald Trump. It's but, just never going to happen. You know what? You know what? I mean, you can't blame the guy. They came. They threw the kitchen book with him. They 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 threw this uh, impeachment for his phone call with. Um, uh, with over a phone call, but to find out the one who's really um, been in cahoots is Ben Biden, who had a prosecutor um, deliberately fired for investigating him. Um, and then you see this Russian collusion stuff's all been a hoax. So, I mean, what is he supposed to do? Just uh, accept it when everybody's coming at him while well, he lies, you know? So I, I understand where he's coming from. The Twitter thing, though, just he needed to get off Twitter, that's for sure. Well, I always say this about, and it doesn't really work for the then, now former president of the United States, but I always think about Kurt Schilling with Twitter. Yeah. Uh, he was, yeah. you know, should have been a, a pretty high ballot Hall of Famer, but has right. very specific views about things that are considered offensive. And it, I wish I could just grab him by the shoulders and say, Kurt, stop talking. You're going to get in the Hall of Fame if you just shut up for like a year. You're good. <laughs> Uh, people people will really ruin things over social media. It's crazy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, have a good day. All right. Thanks, Jim. That was Jim from Owego. Let's take more calls. Phone lines lighting up. WMBF, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Hello? Yes, hi. This is, hello? Yep, I hear you. Okay, this is Marie from Binghamton. How you doing? Great. Nice speaking with you this morning. Um... I just want to say I support our police. Um, it's a very difficult job, and thank God that they're willing uh, to lay their life down for us. 
I don't think they need retraining. I think what they need is because of the bad rap, there's probably many good people not entering the police department because of the bad rap. So I think they need to weed out those that are not, um, that don't meet the standards. And that's what they need. They, they don't need retraining. I mean, they know what they're doing. They're out there. They're doing it. Thank God for law and order. I mean, we're the first people that we call when we're in trouble. So instead of, um, you know, making the police feel horrible every single day, like this society right now is doing, I think we ought to thank God for our police department and just be careful. And uh, I, I don't know how the process works, but just be a little more careful on who they bring in when they see someone that, um, you know, is, isn't doing or isn't uh, meeting the standards, then they weed them out or they retrain staff. But to retrain the whole police department, I, I don't think that, that that's my opinion. I mean, uh, you need to do something because there is, you know, statistical proven data that says minority communities are over-policed. And they're over-policed because we have an economic system that's specifically designed and was many, many decades ago to separate minorities and white people, the rich from the poor, and keep minorities in that poor section more so often than in the white section. That's how the system was set up, and that's led to minority communities being over-policed. And then you have things like this happen where... You know, you look at the situation in Binghamton where the cop had his knee on uh, uh, Hamel Waddle's neck. That is a retraining thing. That should That's an illegal thing to do. You know, there's no part of the training that should have included that whatsoever. And then you look at the, the Tyree Nichols situation, and that was just beyond anything that you could say, oh, okay, we need training or we need a, a new viewpoint on how we go about crime. That was beyond everything that could have been considered acceptable. Well, that, that was absolutely beyond injustice is being served. So to go out and protest when justice is being served. And also, I, I agreed with Jim that these big cities are run by Democrats. I mean, take a look at this, the statistics. And so there's, there is a problem. So uh, I think they need to take a good look at that. You know, because they are Democrats running. So what's the issue? Uh, you know, but I say the majority of the police officers I am thankful for. I, you know, as far as them all being retrained, uh, I don't think they just need to uh, be careful who they bring in. There's probably a lot of good guys not going in because of the scrutiny the police department receives. So instead of bashing them all, and painting a broad brush, how about we just take out the ones that like any job, you know, like anywhere you go. So, I mean, again, this is my opinion, but I do agree a lot with what Jim was saying. The other guy before him is just way off, way off. Why doesn't he try putting in a harmonic cloth there uh, and see what it's like? Yeah. So, and the bail reform. I don't agree with bail reform either. You know, the, the police are working hard, and then the, the, the criminals are getting out, the open borders. Who knows who's coming in now to New York City and now to upstate New York? And and, and we're probably going to see more crime. 
so you want less sleep. Uh, again, you know, I mean, there's there's no crime in it, good or bad, and the bad or good. That's what's happening. So it's becoming a lawless society, really. And the victims, victims, instead of maybe looking at the police, I'm not talking about those sick, but you're looking at the criminals now are becoming victims. So, uh, and that's the way I see it. So I'm thankful for our police department. Big yeah. picture. Yeah, certainly two sides to every issue. Amen. <laughs> All right. You. Thanks for calling in. You're welcome. It's 949. You're listening to WMBF. Join the Nine fifty two on WMBF. Joined again by Matt from Binghamton. Matt, how's it going? Good. Sorry to call back again, but I the young, the gentleman who talked about two to one uh more white people get killed by police than black people, that's that's absolutely true. Except if you do if you use a statistical analysis which requires you to realize and 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 and, and look up the data that there's 78% of the people in the country are white, 13% are black. So if you do the math and go all through us, you're five times more likely to get killed if you're a black man than a white man in in America. And again, those are the statistics, not just the fact that two to one, because if you have, you know, that big of a disparity in the size of the population, you're going to be able to make statistics that make it look like there's no racial disparity. But there certainly is. And, uh, and I just hope that people go dig a little deeper on the facts. You know, and, and for people to just assume because of my phone call that I'm anti-police, I'm not anti-police. And the woman who's, uh, she sounds like a nice lady and she's entitled to her views. But if you don't think training's the most important thing when you're dealing with the kind of climate we have these days and making sure that your police uh, have the skills and the training to make sure they don't get themselves in these kinds of situations. I'm not for any policeman getting himself in trouble, but if you don't have proper training and all kinds of training, and that means, you know, most people, few people use the terms defund the police, but most people, including Joe Biden and, and um, almost every, every Democrat, what they mean by that is giving the police the resources or the community the resources to have mental health professionals deal with mental health situations that police aren't equipped for to make sure that you have, uh, you know, police, quotes police, maybe it's not even police, who respond to situations to diffuse situations rather than escalate them, Uh, all sorts of things that are going on in our country. We know that in big cities we have a lot of, you know, people keep pointing to all big cities run by Democrats have crime. Well, that's because there's a lot of poor people. There's a lot of people because of decisions that were made a long time ago by both parties to not have as many mental health services. Most of the people that, um, you know, a lot of the people that end up in these situations have mental health problems. And if we don't have the proper training and, and, and personnel to help people like that and have the right response teams, which is what police reform really should be about, is like let's take the burden off our police officers and and let them deal with real criminals and and not you know and have better kinds of responses and and people who can deal with people in a crisis or 
those kinds of things. It's such a complex issue, and everybody, both both sides, a lot of times, but I would say especially Republicans want to bring it down to uh, a simple equation. And that, and and the the biggest problem I have with Republicans now is they have no plan. Uh, I, I I grew up. I've been around politics my whole life, and it used to be that you know both parties could. W- work together and and come up with solutions. Like I said, we had a deal for immigration, the Gang of Eight, look it up. And the Republican, Stephen Miller, he's one of the most dangerous people in the United States, in my view. Uh, Him him and Jeff Sessions uh, went around and convinced Republicans not to support it. Otherwise, we would have a better border policy. But ask, ask ask Republicans what their border policy is, what they want to really do to change the situation. We can't completely control how many people come at our borders. But there are laws and regulations that govern that, and we are trying to adhere to them the best we can. But we don't have another place where we don't have the resources, we don't have the judges to hear asylum petitions. This is not an easy topic, but those the people coming to our border are not, most of them are very... Uh, decent people who have not, you know, are, are fleeing very bad situations. Tell me you would uh, bring your kids across, you know, uh, the kind of journey they go on, and if it's not for the love of their children and their family and trying to find a better way of living, uh, that's what it's about. So how can we fit into the whole picture in the, in the world of trying to help people uh, as best we can? We can't take in everybody, but we can certainly come up with a way. Uh, just think of the 12 million jobs that we that our people don't want to fill in this country. A lot of them are because people just won't take the jobs. Could be a system where you had people coming, uh, set it up so they have a five-year window where they come. They have to take a job at a decent wage, and they have to learn the language. Uh, there's so many people in this country that are willing to help those type of people, and it would help our country financially. Uh, by the way, just one other thing, I said I wouldn't ramble on. If, if it wasn't for the people who are paying into Social Security who never, who are actually doing it illegally because they're illegals, but never can get the benefit because they're illegals, the system, the Social Security system that supports so many people in this country would be in 10 times worse shape than it is right now. So let's think about all the issues and work together to make a better country. That's all I ever talk about. I don't talk about culture wars. I don't talk about these things. I just point, I try to point out things that are true. And going back to the statistics, look at the statistics. If you have 78% uh, white people and 13% black people, and then when you do all the math, it's five times more likely that you're going to get killed um, by a policeman than a white person. So, Absolutely. Okay, yeah, thanks, thanks for calling for back in. Thanks, Mike. Have a good one. 958, you're listening to WMBF. You want- this is News Radio 1290 AM, WMBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. Closing out hour number one of Binghamton Now with myself, James Kelly. Hour two coming up. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. 
Good morning on this Monday, January 30th. You're listening to WMBF. A popular family-owned retail shop on the north side of Endicott won't be selling bread or pizza dough as usual. The operators of Battaglini Bakery say the business will continue to supply items to area grocery stores, but their small walk-up shop at 111 Oak Hill Avenue will be closed for the foreseeable future. Anthony Battaglini said the store had recently been open for limited hours. It's been operating five days a week for three hours a day. Battaglini says it's been difficult to find enough people to work at the shop. He said the plan is to realign operations and do some renovations. He told WMBF News there's no timeline for when the store will reopen. Battaglini noted this isn't the first time the shop has been closed. He said it didn't operate for several years between 1974 and 1993. A steady stream of customers visited the store Thursday afternoon to purchase Italian and French bread, as well as pizza dough. While they'll miss stopping by the neighborhood shop, they said they were pleased that Battaglini products would continue to be available in local supermarkets. The heavy equipment has been hauled away from what had been the once-beautiful IBM Country Club complex east of Endicott. Workers with Gorick Construction of Binghamton were on the site for nearly three months to remove the buildings, swimming pools, and banquet facilities along Watson Boulevard in the town of Union. Project Superintendent John Kerry told WMBF News on Friday that the demolition equipment was taken away from the property a few days ago. He said seeding and mulching at the site will be done when weather permits. The country club was one of the perks for employees at IBM locations in Endicott, Owego, Glendale, and Vestal for much of the 20th century. Although the property once was regarded as one of the region's popular for recreational events and special celebrations, it fell into disrepair due to flooding in June 2006. Bill Walsh, a former owner, the following year predicted much of the main structure of what had been renamed the Heritage Country Club would have to be demolished. Paul Darpino acquired the property from Broome County for $260,000 in 2009, but he was unable to redevelop the site. The county's local development corporation bought the property for $300,000 last February. Broome County officials had announced up to $2 million in funds from the Federal American Rescue Plan would be made available to help cover the cost of tearing down the complex. A year ago, LaChase Construction and Conifer Realty unveiled a plan to build a 75-unit apartment project on the site. Groundbreaking is expected in the spring. Despite the fact that vaccination mandates are being overturned and New York is in the midst of a major healthcare worker shortage, New York State Governor Kathy Hochul is standing firm on her stance about vaccinations and employment in the healthcare industry. On Tuesday, January 24th, Governor Hochul was in Rochester to talk about a lead paint program when she took unrelated questions. When the subject of rehiring healthcare workers who lost their jobs for not being vaccinated was brought up, she said that rehiring healthcare workers who were relieved of their jobs over a refusal to receive a COVID-19 vaccination was not the right answer. Hochul then said that anyone who seeks health care or goes into a nursing home should not have to worry about whether or not they'll contract COVID-19 and should know, quote, We have taken all steps to protect the public health, and that includes making sure those who come in contact with them at their time of most vulnerability when they are sick or elderly will not pass on the virus. In October of 2022, a New York Supreme Court judge ruled that about 1,700 New York City employees who were fired for not being vaccinated be reinstated and with back pay. On January 13th of this month, another New York Supreme Court judge struck down a mandate that required all health care workers in New York to be vaccinated, saying the governor and New York State Department of Health had overreached its authority. The New York State Department of Health sent a statement to Becker's Hospital Review following the ruling this month regarding health care workers being mandated to be vaccinated, saying the state health department strongly disagrees with the judge's decision and is exploring all options. 
In light of the ruling in October and the ruling in early January, many believe that Governor Hochul should rehire those who were let go from the health care field following their refusal to be vaccinated near the start of the pandemic. Marcus Fuller, age 38, of the town of DeWitt, New York, pleaded guilty last week to transmitting an interstate threat to injure another person. As part of his guilty plea, Fuller admitted that in April 2022, he sent dozens of communications via Instagram directed to a musical performing artist using multiple different accounts that he had created for that purpose. The communications contained threats to harm the victim up to and including death. Fuller further admitted that in one of those Instagram communications, he sent the victim a photograph of a firearm and ammunition. Fuller admitted that he possessed an identical firearm, a Ruger .338 caliber bolt-action rifle, at his residence in DeWitt, along with four boxes of ammunition. At sentencing, Fuller faces up to five years in prison, a maximum fine of $250,000, and a term of post-imprisonment supervised release of up to three years. A judge has ruled that New York State should pay former Governor Andrew Cuomo's legal bills as he defends himself against a lawsuit accusing him of sexually harassing a state trooper. Cuomo filed a lawsuit against Attorney General Letitia James in August, arguing that she violated state law by denying him public assistance for his defense. Cuomo said the trooper's allegations stem from a time when he was acting within the scope of his employment or duties. A judge in New York City said Friday that it's for a judge or jury to determine if Cuomo sexually harassed the state trooper and that his state-funded defense can't be denied. U.S. Representative George Santos's campaign committee is facing new questions from federal regulators after submitting paperwork listing a new treasurer who says he never took the job. The Federal Election Commission sent a letter Thursday to the Devolder Santos for Congress campaign seeking clarity on the switch. It's the latest scrutiny for the congressman who has been caught fabricating many elements of his life story. The letter said the first-year Republicans' campaign may have failed to include the true, correct, or complete treasurer information on paperwork Wednesday, listing Thomas Datweiler as its new treasurer and custodian of records. A message seeking comment was left with a campaign lawyer. The Memphis police chief has disbanded the city's so-called Scorpion unit after some of its officers beat black motorist Tyree Nichols to death. The chief on Saturday cited a cloud of dishonor from newly released video of the fatal encounter. Police director Sarahlyn C.J. Davis acted a day after the harrowing video emerged. She said she listened to Nichols' relatives, community leaders, and uninvolved officers in making the decision. The nation and the city are struggling to come with grips with the violence by the officers who are also black. The video renewed doubts about why fatal encounters with law enforcement keep happening, despite repeated calls for change. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Today, a slight chance of snow showers before 10 a.m., then a chance of rain and snow showers between 10 a.m. and 1 p.m., then a chance of rain showers after 1 p.m. Cloudy with a high near 41 degrees, chance of rain 50%. Tonight, chance of rain and snow showers before 8 p.m., then a chance of snow showers between 8 p.m. and 4 a.m., Mostly cloudy with a low near 20 degrees, 50% chance of rain. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy with a high near 27. Tomorrow night, slight chance of snow showers after 1 a.m. Mostly cloudy with a low near 16 degrees, 20% chance of snow. And Wednesday, mostly sunny with a high near 28. Wednesday night, partly cloudy, a low near 19 degrees. You're listening to WMBF, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. Join Mark. Ten fifteen on WMBF Binghamton Now continues. Hour number two, starting off with Gary from the West Side. How you doing, Gary? 
Hiya, James. How are you doing? A good job there. I know it's a big responsibility, a lot of work. You want me to come in and answer phones for a while? Yeah, yeah. You want to come in and screen the phone calls for me? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. home alone today. It's just nobody yeah, else here. It's just me. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, you're doing a good job. I appreciate hey, I'd like that. To discuss a little bit about police brutality. Uh, you know, the, the, uh, the knee on the neck. And first of all, whatever I say, I want this to be totally clear that nothing should warrant someone getting killed over minor infractions. Okay. I want to make that perfectly clear. All right. Also though, there's, so we talk about the police brutality, what happens afterwards and stuff. Let's talk about though, what people aren't and what happens when the person's getting arrested. So on a lot of these instances, what happens is, is that the person either flees or does not want to be arrested. That's part of the problem. Eric Garner did not want to be arrested, fought with the policeman. If he, so let's just say he didn't fight with that policeman. Do you think that policeman would have went and just choked him to death for selling cigarettes? Probably not, right? But police have to fight people who want to fight them back. And they don't know who is going to fight them back. And I believe that when they take somebody down to keep them, because now they're on the ground and the person does not want to be on the ground. So they put the knee on the back of the shoulders to keep the person down. That's, I don't know. I'm not a policeman. I don't know what the training is, but I believe that's what the theory is about that. And anyway, that's why they could get, into troubles on the neck. Now, you know, there's the instances, George Floyd, obviously, right? That was obviously that person, that police officer had the knee on the neck, should never have done that. Memphis, it's just, there's no excuse for stuff like that. Rodney King, we could go back, right? There's just people getting beat up all the time by the police. But let's not forget that when you're dealing with police officer, obey the police officer and do what they say. Now, I'm sure a former mayor spoke with the the gentleman who had the incident in Binghamton. And I'm sure that when he was finding out about his character, he probably asked him. Uh, so what happened right before you got thrown down? When, did the police ask you? Did they tell you that you're under arrest? Or did they tell you that you're being detained to put your hands behind your back? And did you put your hands behind your back? Or did you just fight with them because you felt you didn't need to be arrested because you were breaking up a fight, and you didn't want the police to whatever they do to you to detain you. So was, was that the issue or, you know, the policeman just came up and before anything happened, they just threw him to the ground and kneeled on his neck. Is that what happened? I don't think so. There's two things that go on here. People that get into trouble they don't do as they're told. And like I said right at the beginning, this is not an excuse for what the police did afterwards. People should not be killed over minor infractions. So that is something that has to be addressed. Has to be. Yeah, and I, I but, get where you're coming from here. But, you know, you also have to remember that there's a human nature element to all of this, especially Tyree oh, Nichols didn't even really realize what he had done wrong, didn't think he oh, had I'm done anything wrong. Tyree and, Nichols. Yeah, and, and even That's this, this Hamel Waddle situation, you know, in yeah. his view, 
He was just okay. trying to break up a fight that between a friend of his and somebody else. I, I don't, I wasn't there, so I don't know exactly how it went down. Uh, I've seen some of the videos, uh, but I haven't seen everything. But I'm there's the human element of, of being scared for the situation that you're in when you don't think you've done anything oh, yeah. wrong, and yet you're being tossed around. Right, right. And you know, I, I want to point something else to something else that I made a comment that the former mayor criticized. And, hey, guys, you know, it's, uh, it's part of the game when you come on here. I w- really wasn't questioning his uh, character. W- what I was questioning, and I'm not even questioning, what I was saying was was that if you look at the family, the way they act in, in, the, uh, in the courts when they go and they try to get the attention, which they should, and I feel that they did the right thing. Not the way I would do it, but they did the right thing to bring it to the attention and not let it die down so that they can get the results that they did get. And I applaud them for that. But also, they were loud, boisterous, cursing, and disruptive. They wouldn't play by the rules, right? So oh, that's now, a bunch of kids on New Year's scared, Eve. When you're scared and you're young, you know, you're going to relate back to what you've seen throughout your life. And as if you're growing up in an environment that might harbor that, I'm not saying it does, or, but then you're going to react in a way where you don't. You're going to curse. You're going to fight back because you feel you're unjustly being held instead of just doing what they say and then having it all straightened out afterwards. Well, I mean, if, Gary, if it doesn't always get yeah. straightened out. That's a, another major problem here is is coercion into false confessions. You know, there's a uh, an episode of John Oliver. It must be six or seven months old now where he kind of took a deep dive into false confessions. And it is insane watching videos of, of police officers in an interrogation room. I agree. Convincing somebody that they did something that they know they didn't do. And that when they see I that agree. their best option is to plead guilty, take a minimal charge instead of, you know, try to fight it and, and try to get the truth out there. You know, there's a lot of a lot of fear in that situation when you feel you're being wrongfully detained. And let's be honest, if, if I was in that situation and I knew I hadn't done anything wrong and I was yeah. being arrested and the, a cop had his knee on my back, I would probably be a little boisterous as well from a place of fear because I don't know what's happening because I haven't done anything and yet I'm being arrested. So there's, there's a human well, nature element in all Was he being arrested or was he being detained? Uh, that's another question that nobody seems to really care about. I mean, what... Was he being arrested or what, was he being detained? When you're in the moment, what difference does it make when you're you're being... Yeah. Or you have handcuffs on, you're being held down. What difference does it make whether you're being detained or arrested? At that point, okay. you know, you, you're where you're at. And you have to figure out how to get through that situation on your own. And if you feel like you haven't done anything wrong you might be a little more inclined to, to get a little boisterous and say, I haven't done anything yeah. wrong. Get off me. That's true. That's true. I can see that point. Sure. Sure. But, you know, again, we don't want to admit that the people who were killed unjustifiably by police, if they would have just stayed and been arrested, okay, they'd still be alive. All right? That would be the thing. They'd still be alive. Right. Cases, they have people fleeing the police. That's what happens. Right. And you don't want to go there. Right. I mean, 
do you really want to fight the police? The police have a very difficult job. How are they supposed to detain somebody? Are we supposed to call up? Uh, oh, let's let's get somebody from mental health to come down. And t- would you please turn around, sir, so we can put the handcuffs on you? What is that? What's going to happen? No, that's not going to happen. The police, they they have, felon, you know, they're fighting felons. They're fighting bad people through most of the time. And then you get a fella like happened on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. You know, this guy, he's probably is a good, good guy. I have no questions about that. You know, unfortunately, he got caught up in a situation. So you have to let that play out. You you have to because you've gotten involved. Now you just have to let the police do their thing. You don't fight them. And James, you've seen those pictures. I don't think it's that clear that the knee is directly on the neck. You must see different videos than I do. Yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen all of them. Um and I'll I'll go back and see if I can find one that's that's clear. And I don't know, I'll I'll tweet it out or something if other people want to take a look at it and make their own conclusions from it. Uh, I'll see if I can find okay. one of those videos. I know uh Bob did a, a pretty good in depth piece on it. Uh, I think late last week, so that would be on WMBF.com. And I'm sure that Bob managed to get all of the information that was available at the time. And you've seen, so you've seen a video of it, correct? Yeah, yeah. And I, I haven't seen the video, the video in like two you weeks. Have seen, do you, in the video you have seen, do you think that the knee was directly on his neck pressing down? Uh, you know, uh, just off the top of my head, because again, I haven't seen it in, in two weeks, you know, this story came out two weeks ago so it's been a while and there's been all this other news that came out um but i i vaguely recall seeing the knee on the neck uh maybe not all the way on the neck like like you saw with george floyd but kind of you know up the back yeah yeah on the back of the shoulders where they're supposed to that's where they're supposed to put the knee i believe yeah but you know there's not a lot of give room between that and the neck it could very easily have been on his neck and maybe i didn't see a great angle of it it was definitely close to his neck, no question. And I feel that at some point it did go on his neck, but I didn't think it was on his neck the whole time. But like I said, you can't see clearly. I don't know. But it seems like the uh, the press and sun, they say it, the knee was on the neck. You know, Channel 34, they see the knee was on the neck. And whatever happened to the word allegedly? Wouldn't it be that it was allegedly on his neck? Yeah, we don't use that no more. Yeah, I mean, uh, allegedly is you know that's journalism one hundred and one. You can't say somebody yeah. did this and, and then, we don't when they didn't really no actually Why? did it. Why don't we use that anymore? Yeah, I don't know. I, I use it in writing all the time. I guess it's just you know it doesn't really come up in the natural flow of conversation to throw allegedly's in there. But of course, you know yeah. we're we're all in America. We operate under the assumption that people are innocent until proven guilty. That's true. And I think as all Americans, we want people to be able to go about their daily lives and not have the threat of just walking down the street because of your color or because of anything like that, then that you would be picked out. We don't we don't want that. I don't think anybody in America. No, no, no. We want this to stop. We want it to stop. No, yeah, the the average person is fully on board with that. This kind of thing is just we need we need to figure out some way to stop it. I don't know if training is the answer. I don't know if you know directing funds to different places is is part of it. 
you know, it's a, it's a comprehensive problem and it needs a comprehensive answer. But I, I think everyone can agree that an answer is needed. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? So discussion about it creates change. That's the way I feel. James, thanks for your time, man. Absolutely. Thanks for calling in. All right. Bye. It's 1027. You're listening to WMBF. Ten thirty on WMBF. You're listening to Binghamton now with myself, James Kelly, and we got DJ from Binghamton on the line. How's it going, DJ? It's going pretty good. Good morning, James, and everyone. How how you doing this morning, James? Oh, I'm doing good. It's a it's a long morning for me coming in at, at four o'clock and now hosting Bob's show too. It's a full eight hours right there, locked in the dungeon. Wow. Well, I just wanted to say this. Um, I heard you say earlier on the air that you don't know if you're going to facilitate every every day, whether you do or don't. But and also people out there calling in, you know, take it easy. I, I would suggest this. This is what I would do because I, just like you and anybody else, would get so stressed from all this Republican versus Democrat, black and white stuff. Maybe you can make like Friday foodie Friday theme, a theme about food. Everybody calling about their favorite restaurant with their favorite recipe, grandma's recipe, a recipe they invented. Thursday might be what's your favorite music. You know what I mean? Alleviate some stress for you because absolutely no offense to anybody, James, these people are going to call and they're going to drive you nuts. Probably. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Listen, nice I, I, I like just keeping the vibes good here. We're here to keep the vibes good. That's what yeah. we're doing this week, yeah. at least until Bob gets back. Uh, I'll be I'll be yeah, facilitating yeah. until Bob can come back. It might be all week. It might not be all week. Who knows? So just set the rule, you know, and tell oh, people, yeah. you know, we're going to, you know. Well, I don't know uh, if you remember this, but actually, and, and this was, you know, unprompted. I came in with no plan. But the first time I hosted Bob's show, the first time I covered for him, just the entire three hours was just food recommendations coming in. Just you should eat at yeah. this restaurant. You should eat at this restaurant. It was great. I, yeah, I called that morning and I and I welcomed you to town and I asked you how you like the city and I I think I told you a couple places to go eat. So how how's Binghamton treating you? Did you get your own place yet? It's good. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm over in Vestal. I like Vestal. Uh, it's you oh, know a yeah, nice short too. drive to to downtown, but it's still a little out of the way. But I still got everything I need. So I like I like Vestal. It's pretty good there. That's good. Well, don't be afraid to lay down a little law this week. Absolutely. And, you know. Yeah. Yeah, for the rest of the Thank show, you. the law is getting laid down. <laughs> God bless you, brother. Have a good one. All right. Have a good one. This is DJ from Binghamton. Let's go over to Shannon from Endicott. How you doing, Shannon? Hello? Oh, my oh, lost. Sorry. Oh, there we sorry. go. I had to mute it. <laughs> there we go. How you doing? Good, James. How are you? I'm good. Um... Bob's listening. Hope he's doing okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure uh, Bob's fine. He just wanted to take a few days off. Make me do six oh, yeah. hours on air. I'm sure he needs it. I know. Um, I, I've been listening a long time. I haven't called in in a while, but <clears throat> I try to listen every day. Thank you for putting them online, too. Um, I'm assuming one of you does that. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's that me can't. now. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> it took it took me a while to figure it out. There was like a a, a three week stretch where we weren't getting the podcast up because I had no idea how the system worked. And I finally I figured know. it out, and now we're good. I was like, "What happened to my podcast?" Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I heard that nice a lot. That's <laughs> okay. Um, and thank you for filling in. Um, I wanted to thank Matt for calling in too because 
I, like I said, I, I was try to listen every day. Um, I can't always call in because I work, um, and it makes it difficult. But I just wanted to briefly touch on a few things from the other callers as well. Um, I think what, and from what DJ just said too, you know, we need a break from this because it's a lot of fighting. But I think what's happening is some of the people that are calling in, the right side people that are calling in, and Matt alluded to this as well, is they're getting information kind of spoon fed to them and they're not really looking up to see where that, where the facts or the figures are coming from. And I agree with him. Um, if you look at, you know, the top 10, 15, however many cities in America you want to look at for crime rates. Um, yes, they are, depending on the list that you look at, six, seven of them might be quote Democrat cities. There's always at least two or three on the list that are quote Republican cities. So to divide us like that is a little bit, I mean, again, it's just that playbook. It's it's the playbook yeah. of the right to divide. Uh, part of it is the nature so, of living in a city, too. You know, there's more true. people, when there's you, less opportunity, and and right. you know, crime is socioeconomic. You know, people exactly. generally don't commit crimes when they're financially secure. Of course, some people do, uh, and then we get into you know Wall Street kind of stuff where the SEC has to come a knocking. But for the most part, people aren't committing crimes because they're thinking, "Yo, I don't know. I, I feel like being a criminal now." It's because they need yeah. money. They need money to pay for yeah. things. And, you know, sometimes yeah. you get trapped in the system. And, you know, that's how it's designed. Yeah. And cities afford opportunity, whereas rural communities sometimes don't. So you have more people. They're more concentrated. Generally, people that live in a city have a more community type of a mindset, which is more of a, quote, democratic type mindset, as opposed to this, you know, every man for himself type of mindset, which I feel is more of like a moniker of the right. But, um, but anyway, to get back to my point, um, and Matt touched on this as well. Then figures changed, but I, I ran through just a few quickly this morning. Current population divided by race, you want to just look at black and white, 60% white, 13% black as of last year. Percent of crime, this is overall crime committed by race, white, 70%, black, 27%. Yet the number of them killed, white people is about 35%, black people is about 20%. So, White people are the majority of the population. They overwhelmingly commit most of the crimes, yet the difference between blacks and whites getting killed is only a difference of 15% points. And I think that's, that's the point that we're trying to make here, is we're not trying to call everybody a racist. We're saying there is a discrepancy here. There is, a, there is an inequality here. There is a, um, a reaction to black crime that is not seen in white crime. Um, and vice versa, there is a leniency maybe that is not given um, on, on the other side. So that's all we're pointing out. No one's trying to say, oh, gosh, America is racist. We have racist pending statistics. So we need to acknowledge that. Um, as for the woman that was upset that we're painting all cops with a broad brush, I would tell her, please do not paint all Democrats with that brush. Um, if you don't like people calling cops bad, don't call Democrats bad. That just furthers the divide, and that's, you know, what causes these problems in the first place. Um, as for the gentleman, Binghamton, I just wanted to comment on that. Um, fight or flight is a real thing. It's human nature. Uh, I think cops need to take that into consideration. People that are, quote, fleeing or, quote, fighting are having a normal reaction to a situation that they're feeling stressed out. Um, cops should know this. <laughs> 
they more than anybody are dealing with people on a regular basis where they're confronting them and they are putting people in a fight or flight situation. So um, I don't think that people need to be killed for having a quote human reaction to a situation. That's really all I wanted to say today. Absolutely. I I agree. And that's, you know, where that additional training comes into play is that, you know, maybe part of the problem is that we should be figuring out solutions for solving this problem. That that people will resist arrest because they feel like they haven't done anything wrong and they're scared and they don't really act out of a place of rational thought. Obviously, the rational thought is to just do what the cop says and it'll all be done. And obviously, you'll get your day in court and you'll get to prove yourself innocent and all that. But in reality, that's not always the situation. And people know that. And if you feel like you're being wrongfully arrested, that's going to kick in. That, you, right. that you're going to freak out a little bit and say, this is happening to me right now. I haven't done anything wrong, and yet I'm in handcuffs, so I'm scared. Exactly. And I'm going to fight a little bit because I'm frightened by this situation. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, that's where the conversation of, quote, defunding the police, and I hate that phrase because that's not what I, I prefer it's to brand it as just redirecting funds to different yeah, areas. Reallocating resources. It's, we'll not, it's not taking the police away, but... Let's no. be honest, police don't need military vehicles to handle 99% no. of what's going on in a given day. Correct. And the whole point of having a social worker available is to say, hey, this is a human that's having a human response right now. They are going to fight or try to run. You need to recognize that. This is just them having a reaction. This is not them trying to you know, make things worse or commit more crimes or... I mean, sometimes people are trying to run away because they don't want to get caught. But, I mean, I think in a lot of these scenarios where the person was, quote-unquote, innocent, you know, of, of anything, where they were they were injured or disabled or murdered for seemingly a minor infraction, which should never happen. I mean, we don't play judge and jury in the street here. Um, but I, I really just don't think that we, we need to defund defund anything if anything it needs more money um just money in the right places correct we need more training we need the right training not forced training human training learn how to talk to people to talk them out of the situation and that's what the social worker is for and that's what some of the psychologists are for um i know we've had situations where we've had police respond and then they brought in mental health care workers and the situation was diffused we don't really hear about that because guess what no and i i think <laughs> um, that actually happened no uh, a couple weeks ago that i i found myself in a situation where i saw somebody being unruly somebody who was clearly having a, a mental health crisis of some sort uh because the the owner of the restaurant i was in was saying you know he's here all the time and i've never seen him like this so i don't know what's going on and they ended up having to call the police but you know someone with a mental health background probably could have resolved that situation just as well yeah, and in that situation, it's a health emergency. It's not a crime. Yes. Um, and so we need to recognize the difference here. So, and when a crime or when they feel that a, a crime has been committed when someone is now in a health emergency, you need to change the way that you're reacting to the situation. This is no longer an arrest. This is now a first response and arrest. <laughs> Or yeah. detainment, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So well, Shannon, thanks for calling understand. in. Yeah, you're welcome. Sorry for taking up so much time. Oh no, that's fine. Have a good day. You too. It's ten forty-two. You're listening to WMBF. Hi, it's. 
10.45 on WMBF. Binghamton now continues. We go to Jim from Binghamton. How's it going? Well, you know, I'm hanging in. I'm doing okay. I'm disturbed a little uh, by what we're all seeing in the news once again, um, the, the police brutality situation. Uh, obviously, Memphis has brought that to our attention again for the umpteenth time. Um, it's getting old. Um, one of your previous callers there says, we don't want to see that in America anymore. And I agree. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's I don't exhausting. Have a solution. It's exhausting I because say, it's just over and over and over and over again. Right. right. And it's just nothing, no solution has been proposed. You know, it's, we're just existing like this. You can say all you well, want, like we need to change something. But it about, you know, but uh, nobody really has been able to enact them, um, certainly not at a national level. And um, I actually met her down in Florida uh, randomly on the beach, uh, Congresswoman Val Demings. Um, and uh, she pointed out that federal help in this regard is not forthcoming anytime soon, so it needs to be fixed at the local or regional level. Yeah, or so, even even state level. But again, that, like, well, that's like who regional. knows if that you works. Know, I'm thinking like down south, obviously uh, you have people like uh, Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana uh, spouting things before he's reelected. Um, if you want to defund the police, next time you get into trouble, call a crackhead. Yeah. Oh, I, re- I remember I seeing that commercial. I thought that was, that was truly insane. Truly insane. Appalling. But it's a regional. It's a regional thing. You get away with that in Louisiana. Not so much up here in the Northeast. And that speaks to a point that is a perception of mine. Um, I don't have any facts to back it up because it's very difficult uh, to, to nail this. It's like nailing jello to the wall um, unless they post something on their social media that says, hey, I'm a racist. But there's a lot of racist cops. A lot yeah. of people don't want to say it. They don't want to besmirch. They want to back the blue. I understand all of that. Um, and I have several cop friends. Uh, a couple of them are, like, very, very good friends that I served with in the Army um, Reserve. And uh, so I know that not all cops are, are racist, obviously, but there's a segment of society. Um, yeah, and I, I think a, even the bigger thing is that, you know, on an individual basis, most people are not racist. Most. Some are, and, right. and they have no qualms or about letting you know they degree. are. They have a low degree. Yeah. Uh, but, a low degree of, of uh, you know, the, uh, the, the bigoted uh, beliefs, but um, they would say, I'm not a racist, but yet they would have uh, a bigoted belief uh, about this or that so yeah and, and i think it's time, the system you know, more going, more so than anything degree, else you know like a 10 on that scale you're, you're going to the uh uh neo-nazi rallies or the, the 
Klan rallies, you know, you know, down further on a uh, on a one scale, you know, like, oh, I don't want to drive through that neighborhood because there's black people in it kind of thing, you know, like, because they make me nervous. Like, yeah, I, you know, I mean, I, I understand. Um, but again, even in the army, I, I run into people like I, I, you don't want to think it, but they just they presume just because you're white that, you know, you're going to not have a strong feeling about it. And they just start spouting out racist stuff in your presence. And it's uh, it's appalling and amazing that people are willing to do that. But um, even in Memphis, those black cops, I think, were were racist. And um, like in the uh, during the Holocaust, you may have read or heard that the um, the Jewish capos that the Nazis put in charge in the um, in the ghettos and in the camps were every bit as evil and uh, tormented the, uh, the, the uh, fellow Jews as bad as the Nazis in yeah. order to get a little bit of a leg up, a little bit of a benefit, you know, maybe a little more food. I don't know, but um, it's a phenomenon. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if if it goes all the way down to you know these cops in particular being racist. I, I think it's just more the system as a whole is that it's designed to do exactly this. And it's just nowadays right. with all the access to technology we have and all the access to data that we have, we can see it for what it is. And you know that's why more so than in the last thirty, forty years, you know obviously the the civil rights era was a lot more over the top with than where we are now but over the years i think you're seeing it more and more today because of just random people bystanders who just happen to have a very good video camera in their pocket and they can record these things but they they'll they'll come up upon you if they see you filming them yeah i mean obviously they're very particular about that they don't like being filmed by the public clearly but um I, I uh, remember the fellow that got pulled over in uh, Louisiana, and basically he was not resisting. He's like, what did I, you know, and they basically beat him to death, and the, the film came out like two years later. They tried to say that he was in a motor vehicle crash, but, you know, basically they just beat up on him because there were white Louisiana state troopers, and he was a black guy that they had in their grasp. I mean, do you do you know the the name of of that guy? Because I actually I hadn't heard of that. I hadn't heard of this one. So Uh, what's the name of that guy? Louisiana State Trooper beating death. It'll be the first thing that comes up on Google. I'll take a look at Um, it. Yeah, but uh, it's. uh, I think that there's a certain segment that go into the police in order to like manifest their uh, rage against. uh, you know, minority people, um, they, they do it out of some, like, sick... A lot of people go in Pollyanna, they want to serve the community, I get that, and uh, the first year they can't do enough for the community, and after that, they've had it beaten out of them, they can't do enough to the community. Yeah. Well, Jim, thanks and, for calling uh, in. You know, other brother cops, you, you can't... Uh, there's a blue line that, you know, they, they stand together, man. I'll tell you, 
even uh, even the bad ones, they get protected by their, their brother cops. They just don't rat on each other. Yeah, that's that's not what you want from a law enforcement agency. Right. You want all the so, information available, all of it. It's, uh, it's, it's a big disappointment to me, and uh, I don't know what the fix is. Um, I think, obviously, we can do something legislatively. Something's got to be done. Um, but you, you can't legislate the human heart. Yeah, absolutely. Jim, thanks for so, calling in. Thanks, Jim. Take care. Peace. Have a good one. That was Jim from Binghamton. Great name, by the way. Jim. Let's now go to commercial break. It's 1054. You're listening to WMBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WMBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. Ten fifty six on WMBF. Now going to Tom from Endwell to help us close out hour number two. How's it going, Tom? It's going good. Um, I, I'm just I'm really disturbed with all like this whole push of racism. Um, you know, when I was listening to CNN and all the liberal media, even the victims' parents said, "I'm surprised that they were black," like, meaning the cops. So it's, it's, it's like these cops were white. Everybody's language would be way different. It would be racism, straight racism. Well, I think to, to be fair, to be fair, there are a lot of people who are identifying this not as a personal racial issue on behalf of the cops, but that a as a system racial issue. That it's because they're cops. This is the approach that was taken. Because these were these were the elite of the elite cops in the city of Memphis. This was their elite cop unit. So it's you know it is the police who pulled no. over this this guy Tyree well, Nichols who for a traffic infraction. That's what he was pulled over for. I'm I'm not I'm not talking about their their actions. The, their actions were absolutely horrible. The same with the actions of the criminals. Like just here in Endicott, we had two shooters shot up and was shooting up in Endicott. They didn't mention that they were white or black. And then they just released them. They didn't mention that they had a legal gun or a illegal gun. So society's just left guessing the game. And when it comes to racism, why is it always being pushed that the white people are the only races around? That's why you keep hearing white supremacy. Okay, well, I mean, the the system that exists in America certainly benefits one group more than another one. So when you're talking about the system that we exist in, it's inherently disadvantaged towards minority communities. No. The one side is pushing racism like it's their job they're trying to convince the world that white people are the devil white people are the ones that are racist chinese people aren't racist asians aren't racist spanish people aren't racist black people aren't racist it's only the white people and i think people are getting sick and tired of it because i'm not racist 
I have a lot of white friends that aren't racist. I have a lot of black friends that aren't racist. I have Puerto Rican friends that aren't racist. But even even them alone see how bad that our government is pushing that white people are racist. And the more are you, and the moral of my story is that these cops are white. Everybody'd be singing a completely different tune. But again, the tune that people are singing, as far as I've seen, is not that the cops were racist themselves. It was the system. It is the police system that's designed to over-police minority communities. That's that's the design of it, and that's the entire economic and socioeconomic design of America. I, that's, that's a fact. You just proved my point. If these cops were white, it would be called white supremacy. I'm, you proved my point. Listen, I'm, I'm... Go back to George Floyd. That was white supremacy. Yeah, Tom, listen, we have we have about five seconds. we got to go to the top of the hour news. But if you want to hold on the line, I'll come back to you. No, I just... Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Good morning on this Monday, January 30th. You're listening to WMBF. A popular family-owned retail shop on the north side of Endicott won't be selling bread or pizza dough as usual. The operators of Battaglini Bakery say the business will continue to supply items to area grocery stores, but their small walk-up shop at 111 Oak Hill Avenue will be closed for the foreseeable future. Anthony Battaglini said the store had recently been open for limited hours. It's been operating five days a week for three hours a day. Battaglini says it's been difficult to find enough people to work at the shop. He said the plan is to realign operations and do some renovations. He told WMBF News there's no timeline for when the store will reopen. Battaglini noted this isn't the first time the shop has been closed. He said it didn't operate for several years between 1974 and 1993. A steady stream of customers visited the store Thursday afternoon to purchase Italian and French bread, as well as pizza dough. While they'll miss stopping by the neighborhood shop, they said they were pleased that Battaglini products would continue to be available in local supermarkets. The heavy equipment has been hauled away from what had been the once-beautiful IBM Country Club complex east of Endicott. Workers with Gorick Construction of Binghamton were on the site for nearly three months to remove the buildings, swimming pools, and banquet facilities along Watson Boulevard in the town of Union. Project Superintendent John Kerry told WMBF News on Friday that the demolition equipment was taken away from the property a few days ago. He said seeding and mulching at the site will be done when weather permits. The country club was one of the perks for employees at IBM locations in Endicott, Owego, Glendale, and Vestal for much of the 20th century. Although the property once was regarded as one of the region's popular for recreational events and special celebrations, it fell into disrepair due to flooding in June 2006. Bill Walsh, a former owner the following year, predicted much of the main structure of what had been renamed the Heritage Country Club would have to be demolished. Paul Darpino acquired the property from Broome County for $260,000 in 2009, but he was unable to redevelop the site. The county's local development corporation bought the property for $300,000 last February. Broome County officials had announced up to $2 million in funds from the Federal American Rescue Plan would be made available to help cover the cost of tearing down the complex. A year ago, LaChase Construction and Conifer Realty unveiled a plan to build a 75-unit apartment project on the site. Groundbreaking is expected in the spring. Despite the fact that vaccination mandates are being overturned and New York is in the midst of a major health care worker shortage, New York State Governor Kathy Hochul is standing firm on her stance about vaccinations and employment in the health care industry. On Tuesday, January 24th, Governor Hochul was in Rochester to talk about a lead paint program when she took unrelated questions. 
when the subject of rehiring healthcare workers who lost their jobs for not being vaccinated was brought up. She said that rehiring healthcare workers who were relieved of their jobs over a refusal to receive a COVID-19 vaccination was not the right answer. Hochul then said that anyone who seeks health care or goes into a nursing home should not have to worry about whether or not they'll contract COVID-19 and should know, quote, We have taken all steps to protect the public health, and that includes making sure those who come in contact with them at their time of most vulnerability when they are sick or elderly will not pass on the virus. In October of 2022, a New York Supreme Court judge ruled that about 1,700 New York City employees who were fired for not being vaccinated be reinstated and with back pay. On January 13th of this month, another New York Supreme Court judge struck down a mandate that required all health care workers in New York to be vaccinated, saying the governor and New York State Department of Health had overreached its authority. The New York State Department of Health sent a statement to Becker's Hospital Review following the ruling this month regarding health care workers being mandated to be vaccinated, saying the state health department strongly disagrees with the judge's decision and is exploring all options. In light of the ruling in October and the ruling in early January, many believe that Governor Hochul should rehire those who were let go from the healthcare field following their refusal to be vaccinated near the start of the pandemic. Marcus Fuller, age 38, of the town of DeWitt, New York, pleaded guilty last week to transmitting an interstate threat to injure another person. As part of his guilty plea, Fuller admitted that in April 2022, he sent dozens of communications via Instagram directed to a musical performing artist using multiple different accounts that he had created for that purpose. The communications contained threats to harm the victim up to and including death. Fuller further admitted that in one of those Instagram communications, he sent the victim a photograph of a firearm and ammunition. Fuller admitted that he possessed an identical firearm, a Ruger .338 caliber bolt-action rifle, at his residence in DeWitt, along with four boxes of ammunition. At sentencing, Fuller faces up to five years in prison, a maximum fine of $250,000, and a term of post-imprisonment supervised release of up to three years. A judge has ruled that New York State should pay former Governor Andrew Cuomo's legal bills as he defends himself against a lawsuit accusing him of sexually harassing a state trooper. Cuomo filed a lawsuit against Attorney General Letitia James in August, arguing that she violated state law by denying him public assistance for his defense. Cuomo said the trooper's allegations stem from a time when he was acting within the scope of his employment or duties. A judge in New York City said Friday that it's for a judge or jury to determine if Cuomo sexually harassed the state trooper and that his state-funded defense can't be denied. U.S. Representative George Santos's campaign committee is facing new questions from federal regulators after submitting paperwork listing a new treasurer who says he never took the job. The Federal Election Commission sent a letter Thursday to the DeVolder Santos for Congress campaign seeking clarity on the switch. It's the latest scrutiny for the congressman who has been caught fabricating many elements of his life story. The letter said the first-year Republicans' campaign may have failed to include the true, correct, or complete treasurer information on paperwork Wednesday, listing Thomas Datweiler as its new treasurer and custodian of records. A message seeking comment was left with a campaign lawyer. The Memphis police chief has disbanded the city's so-called Scorpion unit after some of its officers beat black motorist Tyree Nichols to death. The chief on Saturday cited a cloud of dishonor from newly released video of the fatal encounter. Police director Sarahlyn C.J. Davis acted a day after the harrowing video emerged. She said she listened to Nichols' relatives, community leaders, and uninvolved officers in making the decision. The nation and the city are struggling to come with grips with the violence by the officers who are also black. The video renewed doubts about why fatal encounters with law enforcement keep happening, despite repeated calls for change. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. 
Today, a slight chance of snow showers before 10 a.m., then a chance of rain and snow showers between 10 a.m. and 1 p.m., then a chance of rain showers after 1 p.m. Cloudy with a high near 41 degrees, chance of rain 50%. Tonight, chance of rain and snow showers before 8 p.m., then a chance of snow showers between 8 p.m. and 4 a.m. Mostly cloudy with a low near 20 degrees, 50% chance of rain. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy with a high near 27. Tomorrow night, slight chance of snow showers after 1 a.m. Mostly cloudy with a low near 16 degrees, 20% chance of snow. And Wednesday, mostly sunny with a high near 28. Wednesday night, partly cloudy, a low near 19 degrees. You're listening to WMBF, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. Join Mark. Eleven fifteen on WMBF, hour number three of Binghamton now, and we still have Tom from Endwell. Got to finish up our phone call from the bottom half of last hour. What's up, Tom? Oh, not much. Just, uh, just kind of puzzled. And the one thing I wanted to say with Matt, Matt's a, Matt Ryan's an intelligent guy, and he's always fighting for you know illegals to come across. I think he should go publicly and have about 5,000 illegals brought right to Ithaca, and he could show everybody how it's done. I think he should he should do it publicly, 5,000, just for, just the first round. And logistically, that might be tough to achieve. Logistically speaking. What is this? They, need, they need places to, to put them. I think that's a great place. Yeah, I mean, I know uh, there, there are going to be uh, undocumented immigrants coming to upstate New York. I know that's I something that, that Eric Adams has pushed for to kind of relocate some of the people coming into New York City into other parts of New York. Yeah, I mean, it's because beautiful. They got the lake. I mean, they could get about three to 5,000 of them in there. I think Matt should go publicly about it. I mean, it'd give them a lot of great publicity. Yeah, Ithaca is beautiful. Ithaca is underrated as a city. I, I didn't really know anything about Ithaca growing up besides that Cornell was there. That was the only thing I knew about Ithaca. And now that I live here, I mean, I've, I've gone up hiking up in Ithaca. It's beautiful up there. It's a beautiful little yeah, town. Yeah, great place. A great place to. They have a lot of room up there. Yeah. A lot of country land. I mean, they could they could really probably put fifty thousand of them in there. You know, I mean, yeah. I'm just saying. I mean, he's pushing for it and he's fighting for it. I think he should stand up and go publicly with it. Oh, how much more public can you go than WMBF? We're the area's yeah, leading radio station, probably. He, he he needs to go live. He needs to show everybody. This is where he stands, and and do what he says. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know if I see that unfolding in the near future. Logistically, that sounds like a very difficult thing to do. So, where do you put them? Do you just slam them all into big cities? Well, I mean, the bigger cities then, do have more resources than you know rural communities to be able to help them get them set up. And, you know, the, these people aren't they're not bad people. They're just looking for opportunity. I, I don't. I don't understand what you're saying. The city doesn't have the facilities. Like, I mean, it's New York City. They've been bringing all their homeless up here because they don't want to pay for it. They want Broome County to take care of it. I mean, that's not a secret. You know. I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, uh, New York City, absolutely. If they were allocating all the resources that they could allocate towards it, I, I have no doubt that they could handle the surge of migrants coming into New York City from other places. But, again, it's all about resource management and where we're putting our resources. That's uh, just it's not where the resources are going. Yeah, I mean, that brings up a good valid point. I remember when they were like, you know, we can't afford this border wall. We're not going to pay for this border wall. I'd like to know who's paying for all these illegals to house them, feed them, clothe them, put them in school, move them all over America. I mean, how much is that, though? Is that is that cheaper than the, than the border wall or, you know, maybe a little bit more expensive than the border wall? I'd just like to hear those people that were crying about the border wall start crying about this. Yeah, well, I, I don't know if that's going to happen today, Tom, but I'm sure, I'm sure at some point someone will call in and agree with you. <laughs> All right, have a good day. Bye. All right, thanks, Tom. That was Tom from Endwell. We'll go right over to Pete, formerly of Vestal. What's up, Pete? How are you doing today, James? Oh, I'm having a great morning talking to everybody. I hope Bob's feeling better. Yeah, I me too. I, I can't wait for Bob to come back. It makes my day a lot easier. So I wrote a list when I was driving in the car, so I hope I can read my list here. But the big thing that started years ago, many years ago, when they wanted to hire more people in the police academies. So what did they do? They lowered the standards because people weren't passing the exams, people weren't passing the background, so they had to lower the standards. When you lower the standards, you get lower quality people. Then you get bad cops. And then what do everybody screams? Oh, my God, all, all the cops are bad. No, it's not the cops that are bad. It's the hiring standards. Look now at how many people are trying to take the test. Very few people sign up for any kind of police test anymore. Very few. Look how many Binghamton had. They had like 50 people, like 60 people sign up for the exam maybe. How do you get quality people if that's all that's signing up to take the test? Yeah, I'll tell you what. I, and, you know, this is anecdotal. I don't want to apply it to everyone. But there were a lot of kids that I knew in high school who I, w- I would say, you know, they got corn for brains or something. They're just, their mind is scattered and they're not really, you know, productive members of this school or society in whole. And they, they're the ones who become cops in New York City. They all take the NYPD mm-hmm. test and that's what they Absolutely. do for their careers. And, you know, you look back at high school and, and, you know, the same thing you can say about, you know, doctors or lawyers and stuff. Like, really? I, I remember you when you were like 16 years old and, and, I don't know if this is the right career for you. Correct. But, that's, Correct. you know, that's never what you but, want but when in a profession. doctor or a lawyer or a cop, for that matter, is to be or able to look back and say. Teachers. There's a lot of bad teachers yeah. out there. Oh, is everyone oh, going I, nuts about the bad teachers? No, we just we just ignore that. We don't, we don't worry about it because that's not making the news because the news ain't going to show that. What happened over with in, in down there is reprehensible. I mean, they were just being beyond animals. To stand, stand him up. And punch him numerous times. That was the part that really fight. got me too. Was that he yeah, he could barely too. stand, and they were holding him up me and too. just throwing haymakers at him. Not even you know me. this was no longer you're resisting arrest. We're trying to get you to comply. This was just this this That's man correct. is basically unconscious. He, it's lights it, are on. It, it, nobody's home me. walking around, and they're just throwing it, haymakers it, at him. No, they should be in prison the rest of their lives. I'm sorry, they just need to be gone. It was sorry, disgusting. Just be gone. Yes. It's, okay. it, so honestly, that's one speed. of the worst videos that I've seen over the last couple of years. And and there have been some bad ones, but this was one mm-hmm. where, and, and thank God that, you know, there just happened to be that security camera footage that got it from the far away angle, from high and far away, right. where you could really see what was happening. 
But then let's go to the next step where all these things are showing up now because people have cameras and you're seeing them. But what is the common denominator of almost every single incident? It's the failure to comply. If a police officer says don't run and you run, there's a problem here. If the police officer says don't fight and you're fighting him, he has to do everything he can to control you. When he says you're under arrest he, and you start to fight, he's not going to okay, go ahead, run away. I'll let you go now. You can't. Legally, you cannot do that. You're done. So just give up. Why can't people just give up and just say, okay, arrest me now, and I'll talk about it in court later. We'll discuss it later in court. Oh, they it's, it's, they it's all think human nature. Fight. You know, this, this they, kid no, was pulled over for a traffic that. infraction, and he didn't know that he had done anything wrong. He just knew that he had been pulled over. And at a certain point, he's scared. And this one's a misnomer. This one is just a complete misnomer. This one is not a normal traffic stop where the person decided to fight or stuff. This, was, this one, you have to put this one on its own little pedestal because this one was so messed up. From right from the beginning, this is beyond messed up. But other ones where people fight the cops all the time, they know they're wrong. They know they've, they've done. They've got guns on them, and they're, and they're fighting the cops. Stop. They're entitled. They believe, and they, this has been bred into their minds that they're entitled to fight the cops and to run from the police and do what they want because they know nothing's going to happen to them. And bail reform has proved nothing's going to happen to them. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, look at the, the situation just in Binghamton with, with Hamel Waddle. I mean, that was an excessive use but, of force, force, allegedly. That's what they're investigating. But, you know, that's a situation we don't know where... that for sure. Yeah, but this, we, this we kid only, was we, scared. We've only seen, have, you seen, have you seen any more than the 11-second video? I've seen, I've seen a couple different angles of it, but I haven't seen it in like two same, weeks. Of the same 11 seconds of him just trying to hold him down. Yeah, right. of, of trying to hold him. Yeah, just while other, people other people around him fighting, and he's trying to keep people off of him. While because that's what happens when the cop goes and arrests somebody, they jump on the cop. So he's got to watch his back while while he's trying to hold that person down. Correct. Yeah, I mean it's right. it's definitely okay. it's not easy. There's no easy answer to it. No, there's there's no. also and, a human nature degree on the police side that they might be scared about something. And then let, and, and now let's, that's just let me the transition to the next part. Now let me just transition to my next part. Shoot, don't shoot scenarios. Have you ever done one of them? Uh, no. Okay. So you're a reporter now, I believe, correct? You, I consider you a reporter. I am. Because you report news, you're a reporter. I think it's time you should go try and do one. Yeah, I'd, 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 be, I'd be willing to do that just to see what it's, you know, what the training yeah. is for that kind of situation. And, and maybe contact some of the other reporters in the area because there's only, like, what, there's two reporters in the area maybe anymore? There's oh, there's there's anymore. plenty. You know, we got a, a couple TV stations. And, yeah, I don't know. Bob but, Joseph, but maybe, maybe you've heard of him. Maybe maybe gather several of them and ask, ask the local agencies if they could do some kind of training with you and you can record it and show what happened and how it actually is and what it's really like when someone pulls a knife on you and say, oh, don't come down and don't shoot them. Just don't, don't shoot the person with a knife. And show us what really happens when someone has just a knife. Or yeah, I, or with a, really with a knife, though, that's a different scenario where there's actually a deadly weapon in play. And I get that sometimes Correct. you can't always tell. And you might, if you're a police but, officer making a stop, you might think that somebody has a weapon. And that's, you know, what, a scary situation. People react humanly. What I've seen with numerous situations with, with police officers, with, with, with reporters and politicians and clergy people who go and do show, shoot, don't shoot scenario stuff and reenactment stuff and real real life stuff like that. Their mind comes out of that totally different from when they went in there. And they realize how different it is from their end of it when they realize they're on the police end of it, what it's really, really, really like, and not what it's like in TV and what they believe it should be. Because, oh, don't fight him. Don't, don't, don't beat him up. Don't, don't beat him up like that. Oh, my God, don't hurt him. The cop is in this fight for his life, and that person's fighting, period. And if you don't understand that, if people don't understand that, they need to stop. 
because there's people behind that cop that was kneeling on his neck, screaming and yelling at him, going nuts. So he's got to try and protect himself. He's got a gun. He's got a taser. They could grab from him. You can't allow that. People need to back off and stop this entitled stuff. Sorry, I almost said a bad word. Yeah, I noticed. I, I was getting ready. I was getting ready to dump it out. And, and here's the biggest thing. People talk about the cops killing all the black people. The common denominator, I'm going to repeat it again, is failed to comply. If they did not fight the police officer, they would be alive right now. Eric Garner would be alive if he just put his hands up and said, okay, let's go do this. Michael Brown, the, the bull crap, sorry, um, the stuff where, he, where the hands up don't shoot, which was a total lie. If Michael Brown just walked on his way when the cop told him to get out of the street instead of coming and attacking a police officer, life would have been totally different. But he didn't. He attacked that police officer. It's been proven in court. But they're, they're not going to say that. They're not going to put that out there because that's a narrative that doesn't fit them for the, for the media. Stop fighting, period. They need to comply and just say, okay. And no one's going to get hurt. Cops don't come out here trying to beat people up all the time. Do some of them? Is there a couple out there to do that? I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are. Are there teachers that abuse kids all the time? I'm sure there's some out there. There's bad people. You know, but the good far outweigh the bad, and you and I know that, except politicians. Bad politicians outweigh good politicians. Sorry. Yeah, I def- definitely agree with the politicians. There's yeah, but a I lot of can, stuff I wish I could change other, there. Other reporters, other reporters and stuff, and see if you can set up a, a shoot-don't-shoot thing and record it and stuff. Yeah, that would definitely be interesting. I'd probably play better on TV than radio, but... It would, but you could still write up a story about it. Or yeah, you could be, absolutely. Do it. Do it as a joint effort with the, with the stuff, with the radio, with the TV play, people, so you can you can link to it. Yeah, well, yeah, but you know? then I, if I'm out there with the TV people, then I'm going to end up on camera, and then people are going to know what I look like. That's my favorite part of radio. <laughs> Nobody knows me. <laughs> There's an expression there, but we'll stay away from that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I, I know the expression. You got a face for radio. <laughs> Oh, I didn't say it. <laughs> you have a perfect voice, but you got a great voice, mister. Thank you. I appreciate that. But it, it started many years ago, probably 20, 30 years ago, when they lowered the standards to start hiring more people. And they've been lower and lower. And I've been saying this for years. This is what's going to happen. And now they're complaining it's the, it's the cops' fault. Raise the standards. Stop having the cops being the, the punching bag for everybody because they're humans. Do they make a mistake? Sometimes they do. And this is something I want to say to Bob recently about that, that, that um, politician down by you. There are mistakes of the head and mistakes of the heart. And the mistake of the head is you didn't see the stop sign or you were going a little too fast because you were, you were just trying to get to work to, or something. You, you make a mistake. You know, you forget to pick up the milk when you're supposed to pick milk. A mistake of the head. A mistake of the heart is when you intentionally do something and you know you've done it wrong. And this yeah. is Santa. Well, that's not even a mistake. He, he knew. No, it's not. Very well. And that's what he's he, and that's what he's saying. It's a mistake. This is not a mistake. You can't be there. You need to be gone. And no. if they don't get rid of him, this is this. They're disgusting. If it's they don't insane. Get rid of him. And it's it's one of those things too that you know we don't agree on a lot of things. Left, right, side. There's not a lot of things that everyone agrees on. I feel like almost yeah. everyone agrees that this guy needs to be gone. <laughs> yes, be gone, gone. Just he shouldn't. I mean, he just he's a slime ball. Just yeah. the things he said and did, and it's like, my God, you, you, you believe we're going to believe you? What is? Are you insane? Yeah, I just I can't believe yeah. it. It took until after the election to come out all this stuff that that it took wow. that long for people to figure this out. Like this was yeah, he, he didn't even hide it particularly well. 
Yeah, something's wrong there. Something's wrong that it didn't come out this, you know, someone had to have known something or seen something. Yeah, I think the one that that really got me was just like basic principles of lying is stop talking, like tell your lie and that's it. (laughs) And and I remember he did an interview where he said he had led, um, oh, what was it, Hunter College, whatever college he said he had gone to, but he didn't. He said he had Mm -hmm. led them to a volleyball championship in their league. (laughs) And I remember seeing that and thinking, like, first of all, who cares? Not one person cares if you led your college volleyball team to a championship. That's not going to sway anybody one way or the other when they're trying to vote for you. But, like, don't you think anyone would just go back and, you know, see if you were on the team, see if you played? Like, it's just that kind of lie is just sociopathic. Like, there's no reason to lie about that. But all of them were. All, All of them, them. yeah, and, and and but most of them were more insidious. Where you're saying I have this experience because I want to get elected, and that's an insidious yeah. lie. When you're saying, well, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was very good at college volleyball. Okay, congrats. <laughs> like, good for yeah, you. And there was a couple other ones too. There was a couple other ones that was just like, are you insane? Yeah, like, what? What are you doing? Why are you? Yeah. Why are you telling more lies? <laughs> I don't know. Some people, man. Some people are just, yeah. they're just liars. Yes. Go do some shoot, don't shoot scenarios. Please. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Pete. Okay. All right. Bye. It's 1131. You're listening to WMBF. The Angie. on WMBF. Binghamton now continuing with Bob from Vestal. How you doing, Bob? Hey, good. How you doing? I'm good. I was just saying I off the air. I haven't know, talked in a while. Police, police brutality and all this, whatever. I spent the better part of my life being chased by cops. I was a partier, me and my buddies. Young rebel. But I never swung at one. And these people think that they can swing at cops and throw rocks at them. And then when one, you know, I, th- th- them guys beating that guy was sickening. That was unbelievable. But, I mean, how many films have you seen of those cops in those riot areas getting uh, Molotov cocktails thrown at them? Now, you know, I'm sick of hearing the one side of it all the time. These cops are out there. They're scared, too, because they might get a brick in the side of their damn heads. And nobody seems to ever address that. I tell you, the cops need more training. The cops, is the, I'm no big cop fan. I'm older now, and I don't get chased by him anymore. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, it just goes back to the overarching theme is that, you know, this is a top-to-bottom societal reset that's kind of needed if we're going to stop having these kinds of things occur. And it's, you know, it's not in an individual cop perspective. I, I would guess that the vast majority of cops are very much believe that they're good people. They try to do good things. They try to help people. But it's also a system that's, in a way, designed to oppress minority communities. I don't know if I believe that. I, I think we bend over backwards to not do that. There might be... Yeah, I mean, racism doesn't just go one way, you know. I'm, that's another thing that drives me nuts. Look at Al Sharpton. You think he likes white people? Come on. But uh, anyway, you know, those cops, 
I, I just don't understand why people don't see their side of it because they get called names every day. These gangbanger guys, oh, hell with you, man. I'm cool. I'm going to punch you in the face. That's not the way the world works, and we've got to get back to where we used to be. I mean, when cops were respected, if a cop stops me, I'm going to say, yes, sir, what, what can I do? Is I speeding? What's up? I'm not going to start mouthing off to him. These people got to snap out of it. This whole society now, there's no respect for anything. You know, I mean, you drive down a road and somebody's two inches from your bumper when you're doing the speed limit. They want you to go faster. I, I don't know. I just, I'm disgusted with it. Yeah, that's, that's sure my least favorite. Are too. I hate I hate tailgating, especially because I oh, I, I, I used to move like, a little bit when I was in the car. I used to move a little bit in my younger days, and then I, I got hit with a speeding ticket that was very expensive. And I decided, oh, you know what? Yeah. From now on, there will be no more speeding going on. I mean, I go like five over, like another person behind yeah. me should not be two inches from my bumper. I'm already doing five miles over. I move right along. It, it just frustrates me. Every time I try to go anywhere, pay some bills or get some groceries, I have to put up with that, and I get uh, upset. Well, getting groceries is crazy, especially in this area, and I don't know why. Because, you know, back back on Long Island, people drive on the highways like they're stunt tracks. And that drives me crazy. But parking lots are normal. And for some reason, here, it's the exact opposite, where people will generally drive pretty safely on Vestal Parkway, 17, wherever. They'll generally drive pretty safely. But then you get into the parking lot, and it's a free-for-all. Oh, I know. I've almost been in accidents in parking lots. It's crazy. Oh, I got you live in Vestal, huh? Yeah, that, that Walmart. I know what you're talking about. That Walmart parking lot. It's just yeah, it's crazy. You're it's like, unbelievable. Babe, you're trying to back out, and somebody zooms by about thirty. Yeah. Like, Wait a minute, you know? You, wow, you hit your brakes. Like God, you shouldn't be going that fast in a parking lot. No, so even just like zipping in between about. lanes and stuff. Like lanes don't exist. Parking spots don't exist. If there's room, the car goes there. Like, <laughs> what? What are the rules here? I need to know the rules because I'm there scared. Hey, I'm glad you're a Vestal resident. It's the best. I wouldn't live anywhere else. I've been here all my life. Oh, yeah. It's it's uh, great in Vestal. All right. Good to talk to you. Like I said, you're letting people, you know, talk, and you're not interrupting. I love that. That's what I try to tell Bob, but he won't listen to me, of course. Oh, I'm just facilitating today. I didn't come in with any plans, any uh, any topics well, to talk great. about. Hey, okay. Good talking to you. All right. Thanks, Bob. Bye-bye. Bob from Vestal. Haven't heard from Bob from Vestal in a while. Uh, it's partly because I don't screen phone calls for Bob anymore. Bob Joseph, not Bob from Vestal, obviously. I don't screen phone calls for him anymore, so I don't get the same uh, chance to interact with everybody that I used to get. And there's just not enough time in the day. So it is nice. Um, one of these days when you know Bob's out, show must go on, and I get to talk to everybody. I'm try to make sure nobody leaves mad at me. That's the real goal here. I, I want to leave the studio today, and I want to have everybody like me. They say, hey, you know what? That James Kelly, he's a nice guy. That works for me. It's 1140. You're listening to WMBF. I'm Mark. Eleven forty-three on WMBF. You're listening to Binghamton Now with James Kelly. Not WMBF's first news. Not Binghamton Now with Bob Joseph. Binghamton Now with James Kelly. Very rare episode. I think this is only the second time 
I've covered Bob's show. We got about 15 minutes left. If anybody wants to call in, we got open phone lines right now. You already know the number. Pretty sure I know the number, 607-772-1290. That sounds right to me. Open phone lines, whatever you want to talk about. And it doesn't have to just be limited to the news, the politics, what we've been talking about today, obviously, Tyree Nichols. We don't have to continue to talk about over the last 15 minutes or so. It looks like we got one. You're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Mark Forge, Binghamton. How's it going? Good, bud. I just wanted to share about uh, what you think about the people on the highway. Or I used to be a trucker, but the people on the highway when you're driving, they have the, uh, they call it the hammer lane. That's the language they use, you know, that you get into one lane, it goes fast. You're going slow, stay on the inside lane. Boy, you get it around here, you get on that highway, you're going about 70, or, it's, you know, you're going five over, maybe 10 over even, you know, just staying with the flow of traffic. Actually, you know, these people come up, they're going 85, 90, they're honking right in your bumper. In my mind, I'm saying, listen, I'm doing the speed limit. I'm not breaking the law. How am I doing anything wrong that deserves a finger when you drive by me? So, yeah, some people are know, just jerks. That's just I it's mean, what it is. You, I mean, you, you think about it. When you get up to 65, you know what I'm saying? It's at 65, so you're going 70. You might even go 72 to stay a little, moving a little bit to stay in the lane because people are going slow on the inside. But they're coming 85, 90, and then they're pu- trying to push you over the inside lane, and then they go by and they give you the finger, honk the horn, swerve at you sometimes. I mean, what's the real law with that? If I'm going, if it's at 65 and I'm in the hammer lane and the speed limit's 65, ain't it okay to be doing 65 and be in that lane, or do I have to do 90? No, that's perfectly fine. In fact, the next time that happens to you, just tell yourself, you know what? I might have just saved this person from a speeding ticket. So I did the right thing yeah. here. Yeah, and you know what happens, too? Sometimes I'm like, okay, I'm doing it's 65, I'm doing 72, 75, so I'm moving a little bit. And I said, okay, so what I'm going to do now, I'm doing 75 over whatever the regular leeway they give you, really. You know? So I'm like, sometimes I'll just stay in the lane. I'm not going to keep switching over. Next thing you know, you look in the mirror about 20 minutes later, and there's 15 cars behind you. you got to get over. Oh, yeah. When you get over, when you get over they're coming by like 80, 80, 90 miles an hour, and every single one of them are giving you a meanest look in the world because you're not doing 80, 90 miles an hour on the highway, you know? That that happens to me every single time I drive home because I get into that stretch on on um, I-80 where I'm going into right. the city and people around there, they drive fast. Like New Jersey, right. like the New York City metro area, we drive fast. Right. And I'm just right. doing my casual five over and, and, you know, there's plenty of space around me. And then all of a sudden right. I, I look and see, oh, the other lanes next to me are, are occupied so no one can get around me and there's a bunch of cars behind me. Like, I have no idea. I was yep. just cruising along my way. And all of a sudden I'm in everybody right. else's way. Well, what sucks too is sometimes you get the, the real slow pokes that are going too slow. So you're in the inside lane, but you're running into people that are doing 50 and 55. So you get in the outside lane to go a little faster, 55, 70. But then when you get there, here comes these guys at 80 every five, five minutes. you got to move back over, come back. You know, it's just a circus act with that going 80, 90 in the outside lane. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. If, if Tesla ever figures out how its uh, automatic driving actually works, that's going to make driving on right. the highways a lot easier. Everyone's right. going to be going the same I'm, speed. Right, and I'm sure, you, I'm sure you've heard it in your circles. You've been driving a long time. You talk to people, and they're like, well, I've had people tell me, well, you're not supposed to be doing 65, 70 and be in the hammer lane. I'm like, I don't get it. The sign says 65. You know what I mean? What do you mean? What yeah. lane is the yeah, No, 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 no. That's, that's the five over lane. If you're going anything slower <laughs> than five over, 
I can right. see why some people would say, you know what, like this is kind of annoying. He's going exactly the speed limit in the left lane. But yeah. I mean, if you if yeah. you're already speeding, I think it's out the window. You're going more than five yeah. over yeah. already. It's out the window. We're all moving. We're good. Yeah, and let's be honest. You've been on the highway a lot of times. Most people that are in that hammer lane, they're moving like going to the. A lot of times, I'll take it to the uh, you know Syracuse Mall up there. And uh, you get on that run, and you got people, that, they're not even doing 70. They're doing 75, 80. They're flying. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So. Yeah, I, I don't drive like that anymore. It's too crazy for me. I'm old now. Uh, well, I don't have enough money to pay for speeding tickets. Yeah, and I'm also, I'm a Christian, so I try to stay to the T on my driving, and I, you know, God keeps me safe. Thank God, God I got him with me, so. There you go. <laughs> Jesus, take the All wheel. Right, the Carrie Underwood song. You the classic. You, you, All right, man. Thank you very much. Have a great day. All right, have a good one. Let's take another call. WMBF, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, yeah, Jimmy uh, from Binghamton. Jimmy from Binghamton. How's it going? All right. What's up, James? Hey, uh, listen, good morning. I, um, I want to throw a little curveball on this Memphis thing that I heard on. I was listening to a syndicated uh, morning show on Friday, and one of the hosts had said somebody had called into the show, wouldn't go on the air, but said this guy was dating one of those cops' girlfriends. I now, actually, me, I saw that theory as well. I don't know if it's true. I have no idea. I have no. I wouldn't be able to go out about finding out if it's true. Like that's not something right. no, for I'm me just to saying do. What, I'm just saying what I heard. But yeah, like if they, like these are an elite group. Um, they're not out there to uh, to give out traffic tickets to somebody running the stop sign. They leave that up to patrol. But that would explain the rage, you know, like if they, if they had just pulled him over and they were like, oh, you know, we're going to tune him up, blah, blah, blah. All right. Did they go too far? Yes. Because what happened? Their emotion got the best of them. And then they went too far. And, you know, like I'm, I'm originally from the Bronx. So I remember when Giuliani came in, he merged housing transit, you know, with, uh, with, uh, NYPD, they all became one. But no matter what your detail was, if you saw somebody run a red light and you're in plain clothes, you, you it was your job to pull them over. You know, that's how he worked back then. But I'm just saying, I like, you know, I've been listening all morning. Uh, I drive for a living, so I've been listening. And, uh, you know, it's just that kind of stuck with me. Like, you know, could that come out in the future? Like, you know, that's what actually, you know, started this. Yeah, and, and you know, that's a theory that kind of came out of the fact that, you know, people were questioning, why was this police unit going over for a, a traffic infraction? Why were they pulling somebody over? Uh, right, and, and, they're, they're you know, out you there don't for know the, the answer. Fish. They're out there for the big fish. They're, they ain't out to, to write a ticket for, you know, like I said, blowing a stop sign. It's like, you know, the patrol will take care of that. We're, we're, we're going to go to this neighborhood and do what we got to do yeah and and that that's part of it and that's why to a degree you know this theory makes sense that there was some kind of a personal issue that was going on right, but at, at the at the same time we don't know that that's true we don't know right at all no no what no, the situation I'm was not i'm not yeah, saying, yeah, yeah i got you i know i'm just saying what i heard yeah i i but, heard that too and it's but, an interesting but theory it, but to me that would explain the rage in this like you're pulling somebody over because of reckless driving or whatever, but you know, does it does it go that far? Come on, man! Like, yeah, yo, you know that's 
I don't know. I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I saw the same thing, and and I'll certainly be interested to see if it turns out that that was true, and that and that was actually playing a factor in what had happened. Right, right. All right, James, have a good day. Good to uh, you on the radio, man. All right, thank you very much. Yeah. yeah, we think we got time for another call. Why not? WMBF, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi, uh, my name is um, Phil. I'm calling from Binghamton. I was wondering, do you have um, a mailing address that people can write uh, you guys over there at the station? Uh, yeah, our, our station address, 59 Court Street in Binghamton. Oh, it is? Oh, yeah, yeah you, can send, you can send letters to us. We get letters sometimes. <laughs> okay, 59 Court Street, and that's Binghamton, New York, 13901. Yes, yes, the zip code sounds right. I'm not 100% positive. Uh because I I've never actually right. had to write out the zip code out. before. But I think that's right. And and also, um, okay, so I put the name on it, and then it's WNBS, is it 92.1 FM? or? Uh, yeah, it's it's 1290 AM and 92.1 FM. Oh, either one. Either one. Okay, that's good to know. Even, I, I think if you just put WNBF, I think it'll still get here. Thank you, because I, I understand some, some of the guys that work in there are lawyers and that, and... Kind of thing. Uh, that I have no idea about. <laughs> okay, well, I'm happy to talk to you. I, I do a lot of different, well, kind of different arts, and I, I'm interested in that. And I've been, I'm trying, I'm trying to just see what's going on around because um, I, I, um, <laughs> moving from where I'm living at is pretty bad here. I want to move to Vestal. I'm, I'm living in a um, assisted living place, and I, it's terrible here. It's rotten. It's sore. It's horrible. Okay, uh, uh, I guess Binghamton might be annexed to another another town in the future. I've heard on the radio it's pretty bad with revenues and stores shutting down and stuff. And so I don't really want to live here anyways anymore. There's actually there's been a lot of places closing down over the last couple of weeks, especially. And you know, I, I don't. I guess I didn't really notice the pace mm-hmm. of them shutting down before. But now that I'm thinking about it, I've seen at least three stories from from Bob alone about places oh. closing down in the last couple of weeks. That's mm-hmm. sad. Okay. Jeez, nice listening to you, and thanks for being on today. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Well, it's 11.54 on WMBF. And closing out the final hour, essentially, of Binghamton Now. Not essentially, actually. We only got five minutes to go. If anyone wants to jump in with a last-minute phone call, anyone has any parting thoughts for us on this Monday morning, or if you want to get me on a topic to talk about tomorrow, let me know. I'll come prepared tomorrow. I'll say, if you say we want to call in about something tomorrow, we can do that. Or we can talk about whatever you want to talk about. I'm only facilitating here. That's my only job. It's 11.55. You're listening to WMBF. Colorectal cancer screening saves lives, but only if people get tested. About 23 million adults have never been tested. Almost two out of three have a regular doctor and health insurance that would pay for the test. Doctors often recommend colonoscopy, but the fecal occult blood test and sigmoidoscopy also effectively find colorectal cancer early. When people can pick the test they prefer, they're more likely to actually get tested. If you're between the ages of 50 and 75, talk with your doctor about which test is best for you. Make sure you understand the steps you need to take to get tested. 
If you have a family history of colorectal cancer or polyps or inflammatory bowel disease, ask your doctor if you should start screening before age 50. Through the Affordable Care Act, many people have access to health insurance that covers colorectal cancer screening tests at no cost. Remember, the best test is the test that gets done. Imagine a world where bullying isn't considered a normal part of childhood. A world where I'm not afraid to go to school. <laughs> to speak out. To be myself. Loser. A world where I'm not afraid to be caught alone. Go on, punk. We have the power to stop the bullying. Speak out. Speak up. Educate. Find out what to look for and how you can make a difference at bullying.org. Bullying is not kids being kids. It's not about good homes or bad homes. It's not a normal part of growing up. I shouldn't be afraid to get on the school bus. To turn on my computer. Message. I walk to my locker. Did you know that a bully will stop his or her behavior in 10 seconds when their peers speak up? Use your voice. Hey, leave him alone. We have the power to stop bullying. Find out more at bullying.org. Bullying.org. Where you're not alone. Not alone. Where you're not alone. Final couple minutes here of WMBF's Binghamton Now with James Kelly, a special edition. Felt like we had a pretty fun program today. A lot of heavy topics today. Well, really one heavy topic specifically, but a lot of offshoots of that heavy topic. I feel like we did a good job today. Like we solved a lot of problems. That's really the goal here. Really, truly, the goal is to be able to walk out of here at noon and say, okay, I'm pretty sure that everyone is still happy with me. I don't think anybody hates me yet. Of course, if you do hate me now, you have two minutes to call in and tell me. Otherwise, your chances are going to be gone until tomorrow. That's it. You're going to have to wait until tomorrow to tell me you hate me. But you don't have to do that. You could also just keep it to yourself. That would also be cool. Save my feelings. Just taking a look at things that... I'll maybe talk about tomorrow. I'm a little surprised. Nobody called in to talk about football today. Come on, you guys know I'm a sports guy. I would have loved to talk about some Eagles Chiefs. By the way, I'm thinking I'm going to bet on the Eagles. Not actually. But I think the Eagles got it in the Super Bowl. That's a very good team. And Kansas City just barely getting out of the divisional round. A little help from the referees. What else is new? Yeah, I'm a little shocked. Or people want to call in and talk about the Binghamton Rumble Ponies. That would be fun. I haven't really done any Rumble Ponies stuff since the season ended. So maybe we'll we'll put that on the calendar for tomorrow. I'll maybe talk about some Binghamton Rumble Ponies action. It'll probably help to know who's going to be on the roster this year. You know, minor league baseball, how often that changes. I would assume... Not a standout from last year, Ronnie Mauricio will probably start in double-A, at least start the season with Binghamton. So that'll be exciting. Or who knows, maybe he'll end up in triple-A and he'll be next to Francisco Alvarez and Brett Beatty again. It was a good infield defense between Beatty and Mauricio. Uh, three of the top prospects for the Mets. We're lucky to have them all in one year. It's the best part about minor league baseball. You get to have a really intimate relationship with all of these guys. You get to really get to know them. 
Thanks for listening.